we want some sweaty balls action tonight. Uh, I think we can really get into it and kind of relax with with the wargaming groove. I feel like I'm ready for oh, an $80 bell edge and an, uh, an NPR tote bag listening to you. Holy shit. Well, I just want to make sure that the sound is exactly what guys want. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to have some crazy, uh, uh, side effects or, or, or sound features that we don't desire on the podcast. So I want to make sure that everyone enjoys it because I, oh, wait, 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 you need to you need to give a little, a little test. Say the following phrase, guns, dice, and butter. We've had questions about sound quality in the past, Pete. So we're not, we're taking them seriously. So we're going to address these tonight. It's going to stop tonight. There will be no more sound, sound complaints. complaints. Pete, put your goddamn <laughs> headphones on. They so you, are on right now. I am not fucking kidding you. Pete, Pete is seriously like a sound professional. So I don't understand how this could happen. Like Pete no, is an you expert. See, I, have, I, don't I have engineers. I have engineers take care of that shit for me. I'm just the idiot who walks up in front of the mic and starts talking. I'm skeptical. Yeah. But, but it's not going to keep right, me from talking. All right, I'm working on my click to talk here. It's not going to keep me from talking directly into my microphone to make the best sound quality possible for all it's, my listeners out there. It sounds really good. Yeah, it turns out that if you just talk into the microphone, you actually have better sound. <laughs> How's this? As opposed to sitting 14 feet away from it. I, I feel like this is a little too much, though. Uh, it, does it feel like I'm right over your like right your shoulder? Like, have, you ever, <laughs> how, how, have you ever seen Howard Stern? Like when he does his show televised, that's right he gets up in like, his face. right. He gets yeah, he gets it. He kind of cradles it. He kind of like you know, you know, puts he palms it. He palms the microphone like his balls. He gets up there and starts talking. I that's what you just, sound like right I, now. I literally, I literally just licked the microphone. Mm. Oh, you could, you could hear it. You could hear it. Now I'm ready. Now I'm really ready. Man, between that and the fields of fire I got today, I'm I'm gonna have to change my shirts. Oh, what? It, so it actually angry. showed up. It I know up. that's so what? frustrating. What are you even doing podcasting tonight? You should be getting naked and rolling in that. Thing. How is it? How is it possible I that I live? I live 300 miles away, like four hour drive, and you get it before I get it. Fucking bullshit. So is it? Is it beautiful? Oh, it's the best. It's right here. Listen. No, but have you looked at it? Is the quality? Does the quality it's, seem really good? It's really good. The box is super heavy. the The counters look nice. The cards look great. I'm excited. I've actually read some of the rules already. It's like I'm a serious war gamer. It's it's scary. But but you had kind of previewed the rules, right? I mean, for me, it's kind of like I had a. Uh, like I keep checking my doorstep obsessively, like every four hours, hoping that it's out there. It's not out there. It hasn't been out there yet. Maybe tomorrow. But Jason, you had actually done like like watch some playthroughs of Fields of Fire, so you kind of would be up for the game, right? I did. Yeah, I did some some video research. I I, I printed out a walkthrough of the Vietnam scenario, so I can just follow along like a like a schoolboy in his in his first romance. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, because this has been a game that we've been waiting for basically since we started <laughs> since we this started. podcast. <laughs> since 1975 when they evacuated the embassy? It's been I, a while. It's yeah. been at least four years. <laughs> we've been waiting yeah, for I told game. my wife I've had this, this game pre-ordered almost as long as I've known Dave. And it finally arrived. That, I don't that's, know. That's right. I don't know what we're going to do from here. Did you did you think when you opened the box there would be a little Valentine from me? <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of special. 
It was a picture right. of Dave and his Speedos. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess we should start this thing, right? Are we ready to start? Jason, do you want me to start recording? Sure. And I do appreciate the fact that Pete actually is up and running. So we, I know yeah. some guys might really enjoy some sound professionals might enjoy the whole spiel. We get into the beginning. We have to coax uh, the, the guest host along <laughs> and how to set up. Or, are you on an Apple? Are you on a yeah, PC? Or? Click to talk. That's right. And- that's right. I, I really feel like I'm letting down the, the, the listeners right now because there's none of that tonight. That, that's I know I look forward to it. Hey, more, more room for drunk time. Advanced After Combat. All right, so this is the Advanced After Combat podcast. It's a podcast about wargaming. Um, this podcast is brought to you by myself. Dave, uh, my war game bromance partner for the past four years, Jason. Hello. And uh, well, Jason talked into his mic too. I think that was good. <laughs> oh yeah. And and we pick from uh, from our guild. It's so bizarre to do this. From our guild, we pick each time we pitch a, pick a mystery guest, and we're actually picking a repeat guest this time. His name is Pete. Hi, and I'm speaking to my microphone as well. Welcome back. Thank you. This Great is, to be here. It's starting to sound like war college. Like this is really serious. <laughs> like, we're, we're like, all right. Um, and if you haven't listened to War College, you should because it's like one of the best podcasts out there. It's really good. Oh, the one on the uh, the Arctic Circle and uh, global warming and uh, the economic interests that have been unfolding and unfurling up there and the Russian presence. That's a that's a fucking awesome episode. Or, or right how there. about the one on the British Royal Navy? Really great. Like, oh, and and their decline. It's kind of mocking, really. It's it's a mock on the British Navy. But still good. Very good. So we, we recommend that. And and whatever. If you want to listen to Rally in the Valley, you can listen to that one too. That one's okay. So, uh, so the, Petey, what's going on, man? What have you been playing lately? Holy shit. It has been a uh, guildorific uh, past 24 hours. This is like the capper. Because even even in the past 24 hours, there was Starfire with, with you. Um, and um, today, I got to spend time with uh, Ralph playing um, Air Superiority from GDW at the uh, convention with the best name ever, Dragonflight. Ooh. Now, now does Ralph work for that convention? Is that why he has to go uh, do stuff there? Is he, he, like- he sure does. And um, at Dragonflight, like at, at Game On, we have khaki fishing vests. And um, at, at Dragonflight, they have red Santa's helper's vests. And he, he has to wear that. He didn't have it on today. I was a little uh, disappointed. Very disappointing. Yeah. I need photos. Yeah, there's there's photos of you know it's it's like either you're you're ushering kids up to Santa or you're ushering people down the aisle at a uh, second rate theater. That's right. really what that vest looks like. So he's like a, he's like a convention he's like a convention elf. Pete might be Pete distracted. Might be distracted. I am distracted. <laughs> <laughs> how bad is how bad is the echo? Well, I don't understand how there could be an echo at all, Pete, because you're you've clearly been told to have headphones and not to have your output on your speakers. So, yeah, I, I am know. actually rocking on the uh, headset microphone. Speakers are off. Yeah, and I don't hear an echo either. So, well, I just I just heard it. I just heard it right there, and I heard it again. So, somebody mute, Pete. Why don't you mute? Are you mute, Pete? Don't say anything because you're mute. So I hear no echo now. And then uh, let you unmute and let's let uh, Jason mute. Okay, I'm talking now, 
And this is the part of the podcast where the viewers get every penny's worth. Yeah, there's no there, there there's no echo. So uh what's going on? I, I don't know. Check, check, check. So Dave, you How talk to- while Pete is unmuted. Okay, okay. I'm talking right now. And, and I'm talking right now. I see I see your red lips and my red lips in the mumble interface. People at home, that's what it looks like. So what does that mean? <laughs> that means the echo is the coming echo from, is Pete. from Pete. Oh, shit. It's not – you are not Pete, echoing. We are son echoing. of a bitch. Maybe we just don't. And I was so good I, and clean I, 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 went, I went through the whole mumble sound wizard <laughs> and like kind of like modified all my stuff to make sure there'd be no echo. And So, Pete, here's the test. Why don't you mute while we talk? For about three hours. Yeah, that's right. So you'll be the best <laughs> guest we've ever had. There we go. Perfect. And we're not hearing any echo. So gosh. All right, Pete. So just stay muted. We'll let you know when you need to. We'll unmute you for the quiz and then we'll remute you. And then after that, it'll be the one, maybe one of our best episodes. So yeah, anytime you guys need some whammy ball. Pete, action, you're supposed to be muted. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> all right. So, uh, the, the, Pete, but you're on, uh, uh, like, the press to press to talk, right? So we should. I am. Okay. A, I am indeed on press to talk. So we're good. All right. So we should be able to overcome some of that. But again, listeners, uh, really trying to improve the sound quality. We really want you guys to enjoy the podcast. So we're going to do everything we can to make sure that it's the best for you. Buckle up and here we go. That's right. Here we go. All right. So Pete, uh, we so you mentioned your other dumb game that you played with somebody other than me, and then well, we played Starfire, right? So let's talk about that. Yeah, we played. We've been playing a lot of Starfire. Lately. And and so the, the interesting thing, so Derek sat in on the game that Pete and I played. So to be prepared, if you're going to sit on a game that Pete and I are playing, um, Pete and I can we can talk for like five hours just chit-chatting the entire time while we're drinking our asses off and getting completely shit-faced. So if you, if you sign up for the game and it's maybe the first turn, we might have our fleets like 60 hexes away from each other. And the first day of watching us is just us slowly getting closer. <laughs> just creeping up. It's basically three weeks of meeting engagement. That's right. We were like, we were like talking about stuff and drinking and, um, I think finally on the last in the last ten minutes we actually fired some missiles at each other. Yeah, from what eighteen hexes out. Yeah, it was the max far. range was yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we pretty had a cool. double map and we were far away. But Derek was a good sport. I mean, we talked to him obviously, so I assume he enjoyed hanging out with us. But uh, it's kind of like yeah, uh, Pete and I can literally play a game, sit down and play a game in ASF ASL and like talk for four hours, and then we realized at the end we never moved any counters in the entire game. <laughs> Those so are the best the game days. Exactly. And people come in and join at like 1130 or something our time. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess we'll just start moving some pieces now. Been online for two hours. Yeah, it was it was so apparent last night, though, because we were just like I realized at the end, I'm like, I think we only started shooting at the end. But, you know, I mean, part of it was that we started far away. But so what we had done was we had Starfire and we uh, – uh, we had a one of the revised scenarios that sets up the Regilians with a like kind of a carrier group against the uh, Terrans with the carrier group, and so it really kind of I think showed uh, for Pete like the different loadouts you could have for fighters. Like you have 
basically for an F1 fighter type, which is what Starfire is using in that time period, you can have three weapon systems. So, um, but based on how many weapon systems you want to put on, if you only put one on, or maybe or actually two on, they be they're faster. Like if you put two on, they're they they're nine speed, and if you put three on, they're eight speed. Then that's the most you can put on. But there's a lot of choices as far as what you can load out your fighters with, right, Pete? Yeah, and that's where the analog of of like a World War II carrier game or something just really comes through and shines in this because it's like okay, you know, you have your devastators and you have your dauntlesses and you have the torpedo bombers and the you know all these things coming together and it and the the nice thing is too is that you know some of these guys might be going faster or potentially able to go faster like your interceptors or you could do like what a certain Terran force did last night, which was back off the speed on them. And basically mask the fact that they were interceptors, make the other guy think that they have some kind of loadout. And then once you start getting into engagement area, you can say, haha, I can actually go 10 now. And they are full on interceptors. So it's going to start happening. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Right. And what, and, and what we saw in the game was kind of like um, there were there were moments where, uh, you know, well, you might think that having one speed more than the other guy isn't a big deal. It can matter a lot because uh, that can mean that you can activate in, in uh, 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 impulses that the other guy couldn't. Or maybe you can move two in an impulse where you can only move one, which lets you kind of get around behind them. And so the dilemma for me was in the scenario, basically, you've got a bunch of escorts, you've got a carrier, and you've got fighters. And literally, you can uh, run the fighters blast away at the enemy and then run the fighters back and try to reload them you've got like i want to say it's like three or four turns we it, never it, determined that last night i, I think it, I, I want no i want to say it's i want to say it's five tactical turns to reload a fighter but basically they go land and they reload their fighter packs up again and and so they're shooting like their options are uh, guns which are good against other fighters only uh lasers which are good against ships and they ignore shields and then uh, rockets, which are, are really good. Like they do more damage than lasers, but they don't ignore shields. So those are the three choices we kind of had for the, the loadouts. But you might be like, well, I want this squadron to have uh, all guns because I want them to be my interceptors. Or if you're doing three guns, right, that means they're going to move eight. But you might say, well, I want them to be faster, so I want them to be in my interceptor, so I'm going to do two guns, but I want them so they'll move nine. Because if I put that third gun on, it's going to slow them down because of the weight of the weaponry. So, or, or even like some, some squadrons, you could be like, I want this to be a uh, laser squadron, but I want them to be able to kind of defend themselves against interceptors. So I'm going to give them one gun ordinance and then two laser ordnance so they can actually fight back if interceptors try to come after them. But yes, it's... It just really points back to the way the system is like, it, it really does not, in a, I think in a, 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 a relatively simple way, really gives you a lot of options to recreate this kind of warfare. Yeah, if you step it back uh, a little bit and you look at fleet disposition overall, like for the Terrans, they have two destroyers in the mix that have these awesome uh, point defense guns. So when attacks come in from uh, the other side and you've got missiles, they're kind of like the phalanx guns, if you will. Or if you think of World War II, it's a light cruiser that's decked out with double A. And you can say, all right, well, I'm going to have these guys hang back and protect my carrier because my carrier is a huge asset. And 
I want to be able to have these fighters come in and reload and, and provide a variety of missions across this, this scenario. But meanwhile, the hitting power that you have from those DDs is mitigated because it's hanging back behind the lines, as it were, uh, protecting the uh, the carrier. And then you have a fewer number of ships up front to get into your battle line. So all kinds of really cool choices that, you know, shoot, you know, if you're out there playing a World War II game or you're playing a space game like this, um, it just it just feels right. It's it's fun. Right. I, I think, I think, yeah, that's great because there were, there were moments where like, as our basically uh, both of our carriers are kind of like off out of the scene, like mine more than Pete's, but like mine is definitely like mine's definitely trying to get away. Yeah. But my I, blue shaft is standing tall. But I, but I think, uh, the, the, the interesting thing is because the destroyers, the escorts can, uh, affect the fighters. Like you might be like, well, I want to bring up my my escorts also to support my fighter screen because they can use their improved point defense to try to eliminate some of these fighters. So they're kind of like, you're like, how much do I leave back? Because I could easily, if Pete moves up his escorts to back his fighter screen, then try to run fighters straight as his carrier. And I'm like, well, now you've left your carrier unprotected. So I'm going to just make a, a huge fighter run right at your carrier. So... But, and, and we don't know how it's going to go because we're still kind of separated. Um, but, but I think we're going to have to be less chatty in the next game because we're clearly entering, entering the engagement range for the forces. So, Got to get into the meat. Yeah, and, and so for guys who haven't played Starfire, this is the, the fighter loadouts and stuff we're talking about. This is like a, uh, a four-paragraph section of, of the rules. I mean, but it adds a tremendous amount to the game. So. Yeah, it still shows its Ziploc roots, which is the beautiful thing about it. it the, the rules, when you get into any various of, of the systems, so straightforward. And it really comes down to decisions and interplay between uh, the way these different mechanics work. It's it's a beautiful game because of that. The, the best games are like that. Fleet series is like that. This is another example of a bunch of simple rule systems that come together in interesting decisions and... Hey, when it times uh, when it comes time for fur to fly, it's it's a lot of fucking fun. You start rolling dice and shit starts blowing up. And we and we've carried out the vassal module. So if if anybody wants it, who listens, just uh, uh, send us a geek mail on the guild, and uh, I'll send you a copy of it so you can play it. Actually, the the guys who are involved in Starfire asked me for it. They're like, "Hey, can we get it?" Matt then asked me, "He's like, can we get it so we can play it?" So we can kind of. I don't know how much they've explored the vassal option, which, frankly, if you can't make a physical copy of the game regularly available, you might want to really stress vassal. Like if you're trying to sell PDF rules, sure. vassal might be your best option. So, uh, and I'm apparently I'm getting my counter sheets soon. So Matt forgot to send them to me, so he's going to send me two copies. I should receive them in the next few days. So, because they also have the cherried out. Uh, counter sheets so but the funny thing is is the way that the vassal module is so pimped out it's gonna be difficult to step back <laughs> and play the game in the physical oh components. no i agree i mean i think it's much harder to play with the physical game than it is with the vassal module because you can mark shields like honestly the way the counter should work is it should be a shields up and then you flip it over and it's shields down like it should be the, the reverse side should probably be a shields down marker um but yeah, our vassal module is so cherry that it's like, 
everything like streaming atmosphere everything is on their turn turn markers like because when you buy the game there's no turn mode markers so there's turn modes it's like oh you can't turn that until you've moved this many spaces but there's no marker to mark like in the uh like the starfleet games right so but in the vassal module we've got that so i think yeah, I'd and you also have to play uh, vassal you also have the markers too that are actually the the built-in intelligence that when you set the um, speed for your individual ships, as you click right. through the All different right. phases, right. it gets highlighted. It's like this guy right. moves, this guy moves, this guy moves, that guy doesn't move. I mean, talk about yeah, the so man's friend. Right. I mean, that's so awesome. Th so there, there's six impulses and we have buttons the duck set up to where uh, basically when you hit impulse one, it highlights every unit that can move in impulse one based on its set speed. And then when you hit two, it highlights every unit that can move in that impulse. So it's like based on your speed, like if you're, if you're moving six, you can move in all six impulses. But if you're moving like one, you can move in like maybe three or two. I can't remember what it is, but um, yeah. So the module does that for you. It highlights the units that can move. So. That's again, again really, really, really good. Really good. So you're playing this game when you're 14 years old, right? And can you imagine that you know, 30 some odd years from now, this game is you can play it in this way online with people it's a thousand miles good. away, and yeah, it, it's just as good, if not better. It, it, dude, it's better. so good. The Starfire Third Edition is so good. It's just as good. I mean, basically, we so we have these huge fleets fighting. Uh, reloading, we can reload carriers, all this stuff, because the whole goal is to get to the carriers, right? Like we did all the other stuff, but, but then that doesn't even get into the whole shit where they have fortifications around warp points and you're going to try to run in and jam a warp point and then try to launch all your fighters while they're all trying to, all the fortifications are trying to destroy you. I mean, there's, there's tons of shit you can play with this game. So it's the best. Stop, stop. I'm at half mast. Stop. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. All right. So, uh, other than Starfire, uh, what else? So you played the 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 Navy stuff. So another Starfire related uh, modern naval game uh, with with Ralph. What else? Oh, Axis Empires. Shit. Oh God. Axis You've been Empires. New to Tyler Craig. Getting ready for the convention. I'm terrified of Claystone. I I'm playing and I'm and terrified too. And I'm not even playing him for the fear of my life. I fear him. It's gonna eat you alive. So and then make it, you touch yourself. But Pete has been doing a lot of Barbarossa <laughs> practices, and I think Pete Pete's uh, Barbarossa game is looking pretty strong. I mean, based on what he's showing me now, I don't know if this is fake news or if it's been staged, but the results look good. So, yeah the uh, the the Russians in my game right now it's it's uh it's January forty three, and they basically have the two uh, strategic hexes up there in the northeastern corner of the map. And then the whole, you know, Eastern Russia entry zone. And aside from that, that's it. Like, actually, the British have um, sent up forces to protect uh, Tehran. Yeah, Pete yeah. basically has a logist German logistics marker in Moscow, which is like the ultimate insult to the Russians. Like, like we can literally raise German troops in the middle of the Soviet Union. So... Yeah, that was that was a little text that I shut off today even on Thursday. I'm like, this pretty much sums up how this one's going. Yeah, that's I don't know. I mean, up until that point, the Russians were totally kicking ass, and the Germans made a huge push through Army Group South and uh, basically wanted to decapitate the forces because the the Russians had done the right thing, at least initially, I thought, which was to really place some emphasis on getting those HQs in there. 
And they had a network of HQs where they were getting shifts and mods all over the place and make it really tough for the Germans. And then on Case Blue, the Germans said, screw it. You know, you got your bunch of, bunch of HQs. We're just going to sit back. We're going to wait. We're going to get all our air power together. And then we're going to drop it all in one place and carve you up. And that's what that's what happened. The Germans got some good roles there, but things collapsed for the Russians really frightfully quickly. So for Ross, that's going to be a warning to him, right? He, Ross needs to worry about that because Ross is running the Soviets when we play. Ross, beware Army Group South. Yeah, he's coming in. He's coming in late. So uh, Medicine Man's supposed to run the Soviets until he gets there. But uh, I think it'll be okay. Um, I'm sure Ross, that gives Ross some wiggle room to, to blame John for whatever problems <laughs> might have happened if it doesn't go well. Yeah, I'm th- and I'm thinking that the uh, the gang up on Russia is not necessary. So maybe, I'm, like for the Japanese, it doesn't make sense to really attack Russia. Because right now I'm in, uh, basically, I think I'm in late 44, maybe early 45 in my Daisensu game. And uh, man, it's great. It's still so much fun trying to compete against the u.s juggernaut they just uh sent a bombing heavy bombing raid into japan and devastated the hex in japan and uh, the u.s western allies just selected the uh the nuclear project the manhattan project as their next card so i'm sure things are going to go wunderbar for us out in the uh, japanese land but uh we'll see so trying to come up with my good strategies i think i made some mistakes in my solo game that i will learn from and not repeat in the uh, in the game we play at uh, in Dallas. Trust me, once uh, it comes time for Operation Visor Ubum and to go into uh, Norway, I'm gonna I'm gonna stress and I'm gonna sweat over it just like I did a few weeks ago when that first came up. That's actually a huge freaking decision for the Germans to go in there. It's another beautiful thing about that game. You think it's like, oh well, you know, Germans just send them in and start cakewalking, but in this game, it has huge implications because of the way the strategic hexes are laid out up that's there right because it, it, it really doesn't gain you a hex right because the second you attack them then you lose that uh hostile hex up up top in narvik right that's so. right it's all about narvik and the british go up there and say fuck you and camp it out and you it's a net zero yeah it's interesting jason what have you been playing what do you got going on been playing some ogre with the boy uh, nice been a ton yeah. of fun yeah is he, this is this the modern one or is this the old school both so i started off i've had the three dollar version for years and just for some reason just never played it and so finally like i was about to throw a playstation controller through the television because that's all he does i said hey let's come on let's sit down let's get away from the tv um kind of explained it he, dude I'm, I'm the opposite i can't get my kids to play playstation they won't they want to play roblox <laughs> that's well, all they want to do is play roblox the entire time that count count your lucky stars then because that's I, he gets home from school and he's right on the playstation that drives me wait how old is fucking he? crazy 11 is this is this a licking pussy oh, kid? yeah say that again is this a licking pussy kid isn't this the one that had the text message that we wanted to lick pussy? oh that's right man i forgot <laughs> about that <laughs> you oh, wanted to forget I'm, about I it did. but you recorded it <laughs> <laughs> No, now I'm now I'm just angry again. Oh, don't worry. I've I, we'll have a story we're going to talk about. I, I've just recently encountered a similar situation, so you'll feel great after. Very nice. Um, yeah, same kid. Um, so we we played the three dollar version, and he loved it. He was like, "Oh, let's play again." Um, so I bought the the new sixth edition, not the not the big daddy, but 
because um, it's like $30 on Amazon. Why not? So um, this is not with like the 3D ogres and all that stuff. It, it is. It's just not as many as the $100 oh, okay, version. Good. Yeah. So it's still that oh, same nice. 3D model. It, it's And it looks great. The map is huge. It looks great on the table. Um, so we've been pew-pewing it up with that. Um, in addition, we've been playing um, One Deck Dungeon, which is a two-player, one or two-player um, kind of roguelike dungeon nice. crawl. That's, no, I've heard, of, I've heard about it. Good. It's a blast. Like, we were standing up for the last few die rolls and, and cheering no each way. other on. It was, it was awesome. So now, now, Jason, you can play it multiplayer? You can, and if you buy, it's only $20. So if you buy two copies, you can play with four people, um, and they kind of pair up against each room. Um, but straight out of just one box, it's one or two players. And it scales really well for both. Um, yeah, it's it's really fun, very easy to play, um, very rules light, good stuff. And then uh, played some Numenero with some some guildies. Which was a ton of oh, fun. Yeah, so you had, so you oh, had some role yes. playing. Jay, we got Jason into the role playing. I know. So, so, do you want to give a recap of your uh, role playing adventure? Because uh, oh, no true nerd cannot give a recap. Like, you're gonna have to like tell us about the, the your latest role playing adventure. So it was it was a ton of fun. the The system is uh, it's Numenera is the system, but they also kind of spun it off into um, a, a generic system called Cipher, um, and it's just basically four classes, three stats. Um, and it's more about the storytelling than, than kind of buffing your character out. Um, so we went on a, on half of an adventure, um, saw some weird shit, but I've been listening to your guys's world war Cthulhu game. So I'm suspecting everything. Like these are fucking occultists like that, you know, they I'm going to go crazy. And, if I look and, too deeply for, into the, this. for the record, Jason, uh, neither of us have played in that system, but whatever we've, I've, I've listened to it too, but, we have not played that game. Oh, that's we're right. In the, you guys we're in the travel game. You're in the travel game. I've been listening to that too. Everything's getting all all jumbled up in my brain. Yeah, and and some of us have been drinking for a little bit. <laughs> so, like listeners, hey, if you're not aware, um, again, uh, oh, so gentle, this is an explicit podcast. Yeah, th- this this podcast is explicit. Um, there's going to be bad language, and there is alcohol. So we drink a lot, and told- we drink. Sometimes minute, we drink a, good, a lot prior a to recording. So. so it's a good chance to ask what everybody's drinking right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, uh, Pete, what are you drinking? I am uh, drinking Ula uh, bourbon. It's a local bourbon here from Seattle. And I'm chasing it back with a uh, Crux Pilsner. Nice. Nice. Uh, Jason, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Kingston Negroni, which is a Negroni made with um, a Jamaican rum instead of gin. Now, now, Jason. Uh, so you mentioned you drink a Negroni. How many how many Negronis have you had before this one? <laughs> well, I had um, three. And, and countless is is an adjective that you used at this point. <laughs> if you wanted to, um, I had three just rums, um, and then I this is my third Negroni. So, so so was that before or after the nap? Uh, the, the, everything other than this one was before the the fifteen minute nap I took. Nice. All right. Nice. So I, I've been, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed. Well, let me, some let me, let me, let me finish. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there's more. Is but there's more. more? Wait, well, there's I'm, more. I'm sorry, Jason. There's more. No, you're right. There is more. But, All right. So I've right. had, I've, I, no, I want to hear it. If there's been more, I want to hear it. I want to hear it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I want to hear what you're drinking. So I've had some Bushmills and by some, 
I mean, my my measurement quantities, like I've probably had half a cubit of Bushmills. <laughs> and, uh, of that's, right. that's right. And and What's I um, a cubit. And I'm on on my first Della Special for the night, so I'm halfway through. Nice. But the well, gold like foil, pushing very in fancy. The clutch. It's like royalty. <laughs> the beer is pushing in the clutch at this point. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so you, you guys are not playing in World War Cthulhu, but I've been listening to the World War Cthulhu game. Um, so I, I was suspecting everything, but it really was kind of a straightforward um, romp. And I, I eased into it. I was a little reluctant, um, kind of like, Sammer when you guys started the Traveler game where he was kind of, you know, didn't really want to mix it up. And then Rex really kind of made me draw out of it and kind of encouraged everyone to start playing to their so, characters. So, so Jason, what kind of character are you playing? Like, what is your character? Because you gave a very dry, you're like, this is a game that has four classes and blah, 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 blah. What kind of character? Who is, who is your character in this game? Uh, her name is R- R- Reminel. Uh, she is, yeah. Ooh, switchy, 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 switchy. She's a, a nano, and in in the system, nanos are um, kind of like magic users. Um, but sh- she has this inherent ability and and kind of cybernetic ability to speak to machines. So I kind of went like a a cyberpunk angle with it. Now is this is the game kind of like a is it it's like kind of like fantasy sci-fi it's fantasy sci-fi yeah so it's it's existing in the ninth world of Earth um, so there are eight major civilizations that have come and fallen like post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic you know over and over again um, and so they're finding relics of these ancient civilizations and and it's it's magic to them right because it's it's old science so they don't understand it so it's magic it's like right. adventure it's, time right they're finding like right. they're, yeah. they're finding like old alt right website printouts and stuff <laughs> like what the... <laughs> <clears throat> finding hoods to ride around in and all sorts of fun that's stuff right, that's right. Right. they need all these uniforms they look great <laughs> they're matchy matchy but but very hard to keep clean. I'm um, honestly white. <laughs> terrible choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, it it it's free for a lot of different things. Um, Duck played like a, a kind of fencer uh, fighter character. Uh, Sammer was a, a a fellow nano, and uh, Ty was a a jack, which is a jack of all trades. So he's kind of a kind of a wild card, um, but yeah, we're we're going on a bigger adventure going forward. We found some stuff that will lead lead the story along. Uh, it was it was a blast, and it really, of course, every time I get into something, I have to find a thousand podcasts to listen to, and have to spend a bunch of fucking that's right. money. And well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Now, so now I'm now, uh, now Numenor. Who's the? Is, there's a big designer, right? Who's the guy who who wrote it? This is like a big guy, big time D and D. This is it's not Arneson, right? Who who wrote it? Um, they they had a big time D and D guy who made. Numenor. Was it Monty yeah. Cook or it's one Monty of those guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's probably yeah. who it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. What sounds really cool about it, it's like the the D and D and Gamma World hybrid. <laughs> where you're talking about it. That's that's kind of hot. It's super easy to play and yeah, it it it's a blast. And so yeah, now I'm reading source books for other systems and 
Yeah, our traveler adventurers are generally like we're just trying to make sure that everyone survives. <laughs> like so, that's our goal. Like so, Dave, have, what, did, what did I what did I what did I miss Thursday? Uh, yeah, I got quick, I got quick up to recap. the point. That's well, fine. I got up to the point where where uh, I heard you say I'll play Pete's character, and then I turned it off. Well, I'm trying to remember. So I, I think it's not fair to put me on the spot because I was pretty drunk too. But uh, playing my character, good. I want to say that we initially, so uh, Watson had wandered off upstairs and tried to make friends with some kind of alien that he found and try to like hug it and like be like peaceful. And the alien basically attacked him and then he was knocked out. So we didn't know where we didn't know where Watson had I gone. I can't believe he's still alive. I know. So we didn't know we'd gone. So I was, I was at that, like Gersh at that point was willing to just like, is this a risk we're willing to take? And then, uh, Samer's character was like, no, we're going to go up. So, well, wait, there was that whole movie theater downstairs full of, Oh, no, we, we, we put some barricades to keep, yeah, there's a room in there. There was a room with like hundreds of aliens or something that were like, Oh, not good. So we, we tried to like barricade that room. Um, oh, and then the other part was where I forget. Uh, oh, Watson went upstairs and he goes, Hey, there's a bunch of cars on the other side. And, and like, we're trying to be quiet. And he like wakes up all the aliens. <laughs> so that wasn't great. But eventually we get over to where the cars are. Um, and uh, they're trying to figure out how to start one of the cars. And a bunch of aliens are attacking, I think, and we're trying to shoot them over the hood of the car. So that's, I think that's where it ended. That we didn't find like a plus one long sword or anything. <laughs> where are my boots of elven kind? That's right. God damn it. <laughs> that's right. We didn't, it's, it's, we're just wandering through this planet. So without a ship, without any comms. But again, no one died. And I think that's the important thing to remember. No one died, no mistakes were made. No one was left behind. Yeah, Watson should not have yelled, I see a bunch of cars across the other way when there was a, a conference room full of Salesforce aliens <laughs> waiting to run out of the doors and kill us. <laughs> All right, so uh, Jason, what else? You, you Any other games or... Well, we, we what one thing we have to acknowledge though is just the sheer amount of ass kicking RPGing that we, we, there's a lot of there's a lot of really going on. Really? Yeah, that's right. Because well, deep down inside, we're all RPGers, right? We're all we're nerds. all. I think we all. It's it's the nerdiest of the nerds. No, maybe LARPing is the nerdiest of yeah. the part. Which so we which aren't there yet. Mitchell. Well, actually, the secret LARP. Is the nerdiest of the nerdy. <laughs> well, yeah, Mitch is Mitch secretly a LARPer? Like, I, I don't know uh, what's going on with that. That's what he said. The so. joke could be on all of us. <laughs> secretly LARPing. He's currently um, LARPing. He knows to us. Now, I don't want to throw too many stones here because I have to go out and help my dad with this historical reenactment <laughs> exactly. later in the month. Yeah. So that's basically the same thing. That's different. That's very different. That's, that's for totally, the community. That's, that's history. Larping is it's, not for the community, though. It's about our history of this great country. Mm, exactly. So that's that's slippery slope. I know. I know. Right now, now there's no history. All history is bad. <laughs> All of our history is bad. So, Jason, what else are you playing? You do anything else or well, what? I, no, that's it. But I did want to talk about GURPS for a second. You you like that oh. system? 
Um, it's it's pretty meaty, right? Like easy to well, play, but fairly meaty. Well, easy to play is not what I how I would describe it. I would okay. say basically that GURPS um, can be very tough to play, um, but the advantage is once you learn the system, you can play anything you want to play. Everything. It's, sure. it's basically built for the entire world. So you want to do cyberpunk, you want to do uh, fantasy, you want to do uh, sci-fi, or you want to do Conan the Barbarian. All that stuff is there. Oh, Western. There's one, there's one example, Everything. too. I yeah, was in the Western half- fighting, Western gunfighting. It's all there. I mean, it's- I was in the half-price books out in my neighborhood, and I was picking up uh, like a Space Marines book for, for GURPS or something like that for Skinner. And I go up to the counter, and there's, you know, some wavy little... 20 something girl at the checkout. She's like, Oh, Gerbs, we play that. Me and my group play that all the time. We're doing Scarlet Pimpernel. That's right. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean what? I, I what? posted, I posted a link to the guild, which is like the problem with Gerbs, which the guy nails it 100% is you use GURPS when there is not a dedicated game for whatever you like. Say you like Firefly and there's no good Firefly game. You're like, well, we'll do GURPS. We'll play Firefly with GURPS. You can, the advantage is you can play GURPS with anything. But the second a game comes out, that's like, Oh, this is like, say you're like, I like Conan the Barbarian and, uh, you can do that with GURPS, absolutely. And then, um, but then they come out with a Conan the Barbarian role playing game. Well, you're going to want to play that game, not the GURPS game. So I see that makes sense. But it, it I think it's great. Uh, and with the way we play, a lot of times we're like, "Fuck it!" Like, yeah, fuck oh, it. Just do I have to do dice. this? Yeah. Or I have to? Yeah, who cares? Just, just move on. Duck's got the right idea. Yeah. He's always like, you know, whatever, whatever rule we feel like playing, yeah. we'll play that rule. I mean, basically, all the games that are being played currently in the guild could all be played with GURPS. Sure, yeah. Like the Call of Cthulhu game, the the Numenor game, they could all be played with GURPS easily. So, but but I don't want to play GURPS. the The cipher system was was badass. Right? No, yeah, right. I mean, I don't I don't pretend it's the best. But so besides role playing, Jason, you do well, anything else or no? No. What are you What are you playing? Well, I'm I'm playing uh, Axis Empires. I've been trying to run through my Daisensu uh, practice for the con. It's looking good. Uh, not for the Japanese. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> that doesn't end well. Yeah, it's going. But but I will say, though, even though the Japanese don't look like doing well, they have, they have finally managed to heavily fortify the home island. And so I'm not quite sure where the game goes at this point as far as victory conditions. So we'll have to see how it settles out. Um, and then uh, – on the main table, I'm playing this terrible sound using the line of battle rules, which I will talk about in my review Ooh, this episode. Foreshadowing. So, so PD, <laughs> I just want to let you know there is something. Uh, there's this thing we call a quiz. Oh, yeah. I have heard tell of said quiz and experienced Pete, it firsthand. Peter, are you interested in doing the quiz? Because the quiz is here. <laughs> I need another drink real quick. I'll be right back. We're going to wait. We're going to wait to do the quiz. Vamp. Pete says yes or no. <laughs> he hasn't I said would anything. be very interested in taking said quiz. But first, let's talk about pledge levels here on Advanced Afro Combat Podcast. Well, that's right. We have a non-existent Patreon account. Don't try to donate money to it because it does not exist. So that's it. We don't ask for your... Uh, your iTunes reviews. We don't ask for your uh, your your donations, but 
hell, if you want to send us money, you can always send us money. So we'd love it. Uh, we have a PayPal account at advancedaftercom at gmail.com. And we have an email account at advancedaftercom at gmail.com. So if you want to maybe send us uh, emails that we would answer online on the on the episode, we would do that perhaps. So send that to us. So there we go. And with your $40 pledge, I will personally send you my mom and dad's Peter, Paul, and Mary, Together Again, double album. But, but Pete, that's only for one listener. You only have one copy. How many copies do your parents have? How many listeners do we have? <laughs> one? Do we, we, we may have one more than one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I just want to remind everybody, we have a convention. Uh, it's October 5 through October 8 in Dallas, Texas. It's the AAC Con, Advanced After Combat Con. And uh, if, you, if you're interested in going and you haven't sent us an email yet, I'd be shocked. But I mean, maybe you're a new listener in the Just past in case. couple months. That's right. So uh, feel free to send us an email to advance after combat convent or no, I'm sorry. Correction. AAC convention at gmail.com. And then uh, we'll send you out some information on how you can come to the convention. So it's going to be October five through eight of this year. Uh, we've got the facility booked in Dallas, Texas. We'd love to have you if you're a guild member or if you're a listener of the podcast. So that's it's it. going to be a blast. It, it, it is time well spent. And I don't know how many conventions uh, supply Plexi, but we actually have Plexi that we bring. So like, I'm not saying don't bring your own Plexi because I don't want to be in charge of the guys who don't have C and they get upset, but we actually have Plexi that we have sent there. So. And the blue, the booze will flow. It's gonna. That's right, because we have control of Arrakis. So the booze will, <laughs> the booze will flow the entire time. All right, so PD, there is this thing called the quiz. Uh, is it too much when I get close to the mic, or is this good? Is this good? Good, rich Dave sound sounds really good. I, oh I my really, god, I, I, like I think it. I think it's the very whole, good. The whole <laughs> the, whole, the whole problem with the podcast has been we've never been close enough to our mics. We have these mics and that's, we've always have we treated them as if they're part of our computer. <laughs> All I of, can see is Howard Stern cupping the microphone whenever you talk, Dave, and it's pretty pretty fucking awesome. Let's go. Oh guys, yeah, just snuggle in and we're gonna get into this quiz, right? All right. Let's that sounds go. really good. All right, so yo, Jason sounds just like the sweaty balls lady. Like that is <laughs> Jason's broadcast. He's like, he's like, uh, like. What and you is, sound what? like you're if you're going to ask if uh, Tia Carrera likes anal. So <laughs> what is great? What, what what is that show on Saturday Night Live? It's like Vermont Public Radio, Public Access Radio, or what is that? I don't know what it's called. I know what you're talking about, though. Is, is this what the Rally it's in the, the Valley guys dish. do? Is this what the, the Rally in the Valley guys do to get their good sign? Are they all? <laughs> Are they both staring at each other, huddled over their microphones like this? Because I feel like that's really weird. Like, Tom, Michael, come on. You guys are better than this. I feel like they're, they're leaning over and staring. Like, it's your turn, buddy. Okay, back at you. Like, it's like a volley, like tennis. Like, What did we play last week together? Oh, nice. Oh, that was good. Oh, stop it. You stop that. It's your, it's your turn. Oh, no, it's your turn, Jason. Right Pete. back at you, buddy. Pete, there's <laughs> okay. a quiz. Okay. <laughs> I'm right. very I'm very quiz curious. Hey, for the record, we love Tom and Michael. They're great guys. Nothing but love. All right. So uh so this is a quiz. And Pete says the August is for Augustus podcast quiz. It's still the year of the ancients. Oh, right? I'm fucked. Yeah, you're, you're probably fucked. <laughs> I'm totally fucked. 
All right, so you ready for the first question? Yes, I am. It's time for name that opposing commander. The Battle of Alippa, 206C. And apparently this game's going to be played at AECCon. Uh, our commander is Mago Barca. Who is your commander, Pete? Don't know. Pete, come on. It's 206 BC, Battle of Alippa. We're Mago Barca. Who's your commander? Scipio. Uh, Scipio what? Africanus. There you go. Good job. That's one, one right answer. Nice. So we can now we can now post the podcast. Good job. Yay. Second question. Battle Especially of since this is probably the most professional sounding podcast we've ever created. So this one better go up. I, I agree, Jason. I'm, I, I'm, yes. <laughs> I don't know if laughing into the <laughs> microphone is, is professional. I don't think it's the same. It's not, it doesn't work as well. I try to laugh. I'm laughing too much. All right. I so, think this podcast needs more forthright. Mm, yeah, well, the microphone. Well, I, I did, I did, I did lick the microphone. So I think that might change the quality there. Yes. So, uh, so everybody so, cup your microphones at home. Yes. This might be the two. this this might be the one where the sound guy Pete, who's the expert on all this stuff, actually has the worst sound. So I'm hoping that I'm going to just humiliate him with the sound quality. So let's work on I that. I think first. so because I paid twelve dollars for this microphone at Walgreens. Oh yeah, we can tell. We can tell, Pete. All right. So the next, don't. But we're still in the quiz. You have the Battle of Pavia, 1525. We are Charles de Lannoy. Who are who's your commander? And I have no fucking idea in this battle. I would never know this one. Pavia, 1525. We're Charles. Who are you? Pavia sounds like a delicious dish. Uh, I have no idea. I don't. None whatsoever. And that's the, like a final answer. I have no clue. The answer is Francis I. So Jason's keeping score. I'm saying that to remind him that he I'm, should be keeping I'm, score. I am keeping score. <laughs> I have my fountain pen and my little notebook. Then that's right. His little sweaty. Mm -hmm. sweaty. So wait, wait, wait. You have a notebook. Do you have all the podcast go, uh, guest guest host scores like tabulated somewhere? They're not in the same notebook, but yes, I do. They're oh. in different sweaty notebooks. that have Yeah, been some of stored. them are falling apart because of that's the right. butt sweat on them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it gets hot in Phoenix. All right. All right, Pete. Let's get back on track here. We got people who need to drive to work, so they need to hear this. So we have yeah, battle. Check me out. I'm I'm all I'm all about it. Throw it. Battle of Smolensk, eighteen twelve. Our commander is Napoleon Bonaparte. Your commander is whom? We're Napoleon. We're the man. Why wasn't it Smolensk nineteen forty one? Eighteen twelve. Uh Kutsov, Kutsinev, Kutsov, um, do you want to you go want with to go that vein? Because I'm, I'm, happy I'm happy to accept that accept as your answer. Kutsov. Anev. <laughs> uh, the, the answer is Barclay to Tully. Okay, great. I, I'm one for three. That was close. Next is Battle of Buena Vista, 1847, which is also getting played at AACCon. Oh, really? Who's playing that? Probably, probably Braxton because he's mentioned it in the quiz. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if he knows otherwise. 
But I think Buena Vista is the uh, source of the uh, Cinco de Mayo celebration. Isn't this the? I could be wrong, but yeah, because that's oh, oh no 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 that's not right. It's on the it's on the it, edge that of was the Mexican American War. That's yeah, that was Mexican that was, American War. That was later, I think, against the uh, French. That's Mexican it's the French. So I before I get angry emails from everyone, I acknowledge that was not correct. Buena Vista, eighteen forty-seven. Yeah, Mexican and I actually American had War. Ringo at one point by GMT. So throw it. Okay. So our general is Santa Ana. Who is your general? Oh, was it and, Brown at that uh, point? Are you kidding me, Pete? Because well, Brown's Brownsville, Texas, in this is the Mexican-American Mexican war. war. This is the this war. Is and Pete and is clearly the the headphone, the echo violator, because I can tell. Because if he's up, I can hear him. Okay, I can hear it now. Um. Oh so, God. so Buena Vista, eighteen forty-seven. We're Santa Ana. Who are you? Okay. Well, there's was Brown, but Brown defended that town there. So, um. Like Cloud and Pillow and all those guys. See, this is the point where the guest host like starts throwing out some things to maintain some degree of, of That's credibility. Right. That's right. It's like, oh yeah, you know, it's like chaff. Cloud you're throwing out, you're throwing and all out those chaff. guys were out there. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah exactly. we're, we're tracking you. You're throwing <laughs> chaff the whole way. I, I know names. I know names. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, I I'm gonna say Brown because it was my first answer, and I'm pretty sure it's wrong. But there you go, Brown. It was a pretty major battle in the Mexican-American War. Uh, the general on your side was Zachary Taylor. There we go. Next battle is the Battle of Lookout Mount Mountain at Chattanooga, 1863. Our general is Carter Stevenson. Who's your, who's your general? 1863, is- Lookout Mountain, Chattanooga. All right. This is this is my shout out to Rob Bottos because last time I was on, there was a bunch of Western uh, Western uh, Civil War generals, and and I got I went zero for five on them, and he's like, I'm Canadian and I got all those. Okay, well, um, I don't I don't know. I don't know if he listens to the podcast, so he might hear not hear your shout out. Um, don't know. It's going to be Joe Hooker. Joe Hooker was the opposing general at the Battle of Lookout Mountain, Chattanooga, 1863. One for five off to the expedition. One for five. No, but I think you're going to make it up in the review. I think you're really going to make up the points when you do your review. (laughs) You don't know what my review is yet. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful. So, all right. So, the next question is, it's time for who the fuck said that shit? Mm Mm-hmm. Again, this these questions have really become favorites of Jason's. Jason's this is my favorite. Really this is my favorite. Well, favorite, he, says favorite. It, he says it every time, but then the next one is his favorite. Okay, so name the military person that each listed quote is associated with. I have not come. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to be careful with these quotes. Yeah. I, I have come not to make war on the Italians, but to aid the Italians against Rome. Who said it? This is the point where the guest host cues in and says, "Oh, can you can you ask that again? One more time." I have come not to make war on the Italians, but to aid the Italians against Rome. That sounds like such a patent thing. I have no idea. So it's it sounds like patent. I'm going to say patent. 
Now, now, what's your logic for saying patent, Pete? Because he was a braggadocio of the uh, of the the highest order, and that was that was something he would say. He's like, "I'm I'm here for the good of the people, and not those fuckers up in power." Well, it was Hannibal. Okay. Because he's trying to encourage the Italians you know, to rebel. You know, remember George C. Scott and Patton echoed. Okay, anyway, go on. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Okay, that's right. Napoleon has humbugged me by God. He has gained 24 hours march on me. Who said that? Humbugged? Uh, would that be Charles Dickens? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent guess. Excellent guess. You almost you almost lost me half a beer there. I was mid beer drink when you said that. Oh, that, that caught me off guard. Oh, oh, that was good. Well, was it the, uh, the Kuch Kuchka guy you said earlier with the <laughs> Kutsinetsinovsky? Uh, Wellington. Uh, yes, you are correct, sir. Good answer. There we go. Third question, third quote, I guess. I appeal to you as a soldier to spare me the humiliation of seeing my regiment march to meet the enemy and I not share its dangers. That's a fucking sentiment right there. Well, it's, well, a, great, it's a great quote, too. So I'm going to say it one more time. I, I appeal to you as a soldier to spare me the humiliation of seeing my regiment march to meet the enemy and I not share its dangers. Nowadays, was, most, nowadays, most officers would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that S4 spot. That's fine. Exactly. Like my company can, <laughs> you're going to deploy my company to Iraq. Yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely take that brigade S4 spot you were talking about. Ooh, man. Okay. Um, so the guy doesn't want his regiment to go into battle without him. And the and the language is a little bit archaic. So, um, if if you got this beat, I, it's very difficult. So I'm just telling you, as far as your thought process, like how many neurons you're going to devote to to figuring this out. Yeah, the thing is, the thing is, it's like it's it's the kind of thing that Audie Murphy would say, but that's not the way Audie yeah, Murphy I, would say it, right? You're already you're already way off. So yeah, I exactly. I, I have no guess. I have no Our, guess. It's George Armstrong Custer. Really, I, I anticipate that this is probably when uh, they were going to send the Seventh Cavalry off into the uh, Little Bighorn campaign, and he was in trouble, and they weren't going to send him, and he was begging to be sent off with them. So I anticipate this is a time where I say "fuck you, Braxton," and love that. Braxton. No, that was that was a tough question right there. That's it's a "fuck you, love you." Like, like basically, this is good. It's good. Like Custer's begging to go, and the Seventh Cavalry is like, "No, we're good, dude. We're, like, we're you good. don't need to come. Like, I think we're all right. <laughs> we're gonna be fine." I actually lost a uh, ancestor at the Little Bighorn with the Seventh Cav. Thomas, wait, Mior. how did you find that out? Was that like those when you were like kind of doing the rooting around online? Or I have a family that is uh, very big on figuring out all their history. So Thomas Medor was a private with the Seventh Cavalry who died at the little bighorn who was like a remote remote ancestor so wow like jesse james and frank james also relatives of mine out of out of missouri because my family's been in missouri for like 250 years all i can think of is that that nightmare that bobby brady had he was a mean dirty killer 
a mean, dirty killer. Remember that episode? Maybe not. All right. I mean, I, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Question number four. Believe that you can whip the enemy and you have won half the battle. Oh, shit. I've heard this one. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. This is that, that's right. <laughs> is it, or is that no? Is that no one is half the battle? Like it is. That yeah. <laughs> I love those videos on YouTube. Those, so those believe that you can whip the enemy, and you have won half the battle. And by the way, Braxton, you spelled one O N E. I'm sure that's whatever. We'll, we'll, we're obviously going to have to have some like in corporate corporate training as far as quiz construction. I'll have to carve some time out at the convention. But frankly, he does it, so I'm happy with this. Seriously. <laughs> as long as he's willing to do it. Braxton, I just want you to know I, I love the quiz and everything you do about it, but maybe don't change anything. You're the best. Not at all. Not at all. I love being on this hot seat. It's so, almost as so, good as listening to other people be on the hot seat. So, um, Petey, do you have any idea? Yeah. Uh, um, believe, believe that you can whip the enemy and you have won half the battle. Uh, I want to say Jeb Stewart, so I'm just going to say Jeb Stewart. Here it comes. Are That's you fucking kidding me? You fucking got it right. You, you there cheating, it is. You cheating, there it is. motherfucker. <laughs> You're a cheater. You fucking totally. We're oh, launching an investigation was, right oh, now. That was good. That was I'm, so I'm, good. I'm, I'm forwarding. We're, we're appointing we a special can end counsel. The quiz we're right now, a special as counsel as right I'm now. Concerned with that one. <laughs> that was clearly cheating. All right. This is the final one. And Braxton does a great job on this shit. Okay. If we should have to fight, we should be prepared to do so from the neck up instead of from the neck down. Man, I agree with that. I agree with that. Wow. Holy shit. So who said it? That's some precious shit. And and Pete, if you guess this, I'm buying you a beer every day that you're at AACCon. Pressure's on now. One more time, because everybody if, needs to, everybody no, needs right to hear now, that Pete's quote feeling, one more time. The, the, if we should have to fight, we should be prepared to do so from the neck up instead of from the neck down. Okay, there's t- way too much thoughtfulness and horse sense behind that one, and I may be wrong. Yeah, but, Donald, but Donald, Donald Trump did not say that. <laughs> so, just for the record, he did not say it. But agree all right you can tell me if i'm wrong or not but it that's sounds the, that's like the idea of this it's it's a quiz it's true but the that's spirit right. of there, the spirit of that and incorrect component attached to these answers the spirit of that statement could have been uttered by none other than dwight d eisenhower that's my answer the answer is jimmy doolittle uh, okay from i guess doolittle's raid that's yeah that's so how did how did quote. he not climb up the ranks after i mean like did he, is it? Did he get captured? Was Doolittle captured? Shit! For well, the raid on GMT game just came out too. The Doolittle raid game just. Came I out. have it yeah. sitting on my shelf Look. right now. So, no. so hey, so feel free to email us. Like, whatever happened to Jimmy Doolittle? Like, what happened to that guy? All right. Was he so, too much of a rabble rouser? That's right. I don't know. We need to look that up now. That's right. That's so, a great um, quote. I love that quote. So the next question is. Who or what the hell am I? So, Pete, generally, the uh, hosts do very well on this one. So, my appearance is very distinctive due to my curved, single-edged blade with a circular square handguard. 
I have a long grip to accommodate two hands, and my average length is 23 and a half inches, 20 and three quarters inches long. What am I? Scimitar. Is that your answer? Yes. Katana. Oh, missed it by that square. much. Yeah, the square. It was yeah, a sword. You got the sword. sword. That was good. Yeah, good. yeah. I was born in Gory, Georgia in 1878. I excelled academically in primary school, displaying talent in painting, drama, writing my own poetry, and singing as a choir boy. It was here that I was struck by a carriage that permanently disabled my left arm. At 14, I enrolled at a spiritual seminary in Tiflis, Georgia, where after a few years, I lost interest in school studies after reading a book by Karl Marx. I dedicated myself to the Marxism movement, eventually organizing the first May Day demonstrations in Tiflis in 1901. Who am I? Well, and, there's one of one of the choices. And I have to say, uh, Braxton makes does a great job of these, uh, like the biographies. The backstory. He does not give it away. So, who is it? Well, there's one of two answers, and Rasputin is not one of them. Um, I'm going to say Lenin. The answer is Joseph Stalin. Yeah. <sighs> 50-50. I, 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 I didn't know that his left arm was permanently yeah, and, disabled. It threw me. As you're reading that, I'm like, what is this, the Kaiser? You know, shit. Yeah, okay. that, that's incredible. That's good. That's good. So the next one is, so Pete, wipe your brain. Wipe, wipe your brain completely from that one. My displacement is 50,000 tons fully loaded. My length is 823 feet from bow to stern with a draft of 30 feet. My crew is 2,065 officers and enlisted men with a main armament of eight 15-inch guns. I'm powered by 12, wait for it, Wagner superheated boilers, which gives me a top <laughs> speed of 30 knots. What am I? Uh, sink the Bismarck. You are the Bismarck. You're correct. There That's we go. When I was eight, my father and sister were arrested by French colonial authorities for subversive activities and died in prison shortly after their arrest. I attended the National Academy in Hue with two other young men, one who would go on to become the president of South Vietnam and the other who would become president of the North Vietnam. I was exiled to China in 1940, only to return to Hanwha in 1945 to help set up a new government where I was named Minister of the Interior. Who am I? Hanwha. I like it. Uh, Ho Chi Minh. That's Nope. Not correct. Oh. Vo Nguyen Gap. Ugh. Jason, did you know that one? I was going to say, of course. Jason saw you falling right into that trap. I think that's the only one I knew. I've known. My birth name is Takano. My father was an intermediate-ranked samurai of the Nakaoka Nak domain. I studied at Harvard University and had two postings in Washington, D.C., where I learned English fluently. I openly opposed the Japanese invasion of Manchuria, the subsequent land war in China, and the 1940 tripartite pact with Nazi Germany and fascist Italy. Who am I? Yamamoto. 
Yeah, that's good. Any guy, any guy who knows anything about World War II should absolutely nail that one. So, ding, ding. Admiral Is Isoroku Yamamoto. Hi. So, uh, so now we got something called bonus, and uh, so it's it says it's bonus Wait, what? time. What? It's the most valuable Wait, question in all podcast quizzes. Since this is the year of ancients, why not some more ACW questions? So. <laughs> So, so uh, Jason, Wait, I'm gonna go grab a beer. Though? I'm gonna grab a beer, and uh, Jason's gonna explain you how the bonus works because it's confusing because it's bonus, but it seems like it's part of the quiz. It's kind of like I don't understand. Like I've listened to the podcast so many times it's over still the past not clear, three years. Right? It's really it's it's, yeah. yeah, but yet this remains to be part of the the favorite favorite part of the quiz, favorite part of the podcast. To be honest. For listeners and teachers, we have a bunch of teachers, and they love explaining the bonus to their kids <laughs> the way we explain it. So, Jason, I'm going to let you explain the bonus to uh, Pete, and I'm going to grab a beer. So, you're really setting me up for failure here, Dave. When 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 you explain what I'm explaining, it makes it hard for me to explain it. it becomes a little bit redundant. So, welcome to the bonus question. Uh, in this Thank you. this portion of the quiz, we will ask you one more question with five more answers. Um, these answers will be worth exactly the same as all of the other answers you've already answered correctly or incorrectly, um, but this is the bonus question. Do you have any questions about the bonus question? How does the bonus question work? Almost exactly like all of the other questions. The one difference is that it's bonus. Okay, so it's like the other questions, yet it's bonus. Exactly. It's exactly like the other questions, but it is a bonus question. All right. All right. I, I think I think I'm with it. It's an right. opportunity for me to lose face. Okay, exactly. Good. Good. And, right. and that's I'm that's right. really the point of it. Yes, it is. It is. It's it's an exercise in humility. <laughs> All right. So we're we're good. We understand everything. We're we're gonna be okay. On this, welcome I've back. Another Ula to ease the pain. I'm ready. Bring it. All right. So, uh, so here we go. So, so Pete, for each listed nickname, we need you to name the American Civil War officer it is most associated with. All right. Talk about the soft part of the baby's skull. Okay, That's, go right. On. That's right. So, I'm going to give you an. I'm going to give you a nickname, and you're going to give me the general or officer. That's All right. All right. The first is unconditional surrender. Oh shit, Sherman! It's uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Okay, good. I think the unconditional. I'm going to say Sherman US. every time, so just keep going. Yeah, that that's not going to work well for you on this <laughs> bonus. I'll just let you know right now. It's like on the SAT when I just kept filling out D D D D. And Pete, and Pete, which university did you end up attending uh, for college? What do you mean university? <laughs> I'm sorry. Where, where did you go to college? What do you mean college? <laughs> That's right. So uh, the next example is the superb, superb Union general. Oh fuck! Um, I have no clue. Um, yeah, hang I, on. I, I, well, I, hang I would, on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I honestly would um, not. I would not know this one either. So I was surprised. Surprised. Are we going like a alliteration here or something? Well, for the first one we were. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I wouldn't rely on alliteration to uh, name the guys. The bonus is spectacularly difficult, I would say. Very, very difficult. The superb. I, I feel like it's it's like a, a wrestler in Jimmy Hart's crew. <laughs> or the mouth of the South or something like that. Yeah, I would yeah. guess this guy is not good at jumping off the top rope. Uh, <laughs> so I would Are not. you saying something about this general's girth? Yeah, he might be large. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Winfield Scott Hancock. Okay. Uh, the next uh, nickname is Baldy. This is American Civil War officer nicknamed as Baldy. Oh, okay. Uh, not just Union. It's Civil War in general. American right? Civil War officer, correct. Okay. I, okay. I would it's never. I, I, I have to yeah. say I would not guess any of these. So. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Richard S. Ewell. Dick Ewell. The next nickname is Old Brains. Now, this one you might get. I think I might get this one. Old Brains. It's an American war general. um, Oh, oh, oh. Because I'm reading, uh, oh, what's what's that big seminal work? Anyway, it's it's one of the 17 books. That's Halleck. I remember that. All right, so what's your guess? Halleck. You're correct. Good job. You get you just answered a bonus question correctly. My one. The final question, final bonus question is bad old man. Ooh. No clue. The answer is Jubal Early. Ooh. Did you did you either did either of you guys know that one? I, I did I not know that one. No, wow. I never, no, I would never have gotten that right. Braxton, nice work. Always an exercise in humility for the guild. Thank you. That was good. That was really good. Just enough to feel like you're in the game, but even that much more to make you feel like an idiot. <laughs> it was good. It was really good. So so uh Jason, what was the final count there? Uh I show six out of twenty. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, not Midland. bad. Not, Midland. Yeah, Midland. It's, it's not going to get it. you. It's not going to get you into Mensa, but I mean, it's good. It's, I think. it's not even going to get you laid. No, it, it won't get me into Mitcha because, like, Mitch, Mitch, what did he get? Like, he's got like 13, 14. Yeah, it was a softball though. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's like chicks. Chicks are not going to hook up with you for this one. No. It's not. no. I, I am going to go upstairs later on tonight and say, hey, Kelly, I got six out of 20. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> what do you think about tonight? All right. So I had, my daughter uh, had been begging me. She's like my oldest daughter's 11. And she's kind of the one who's like really into reading and science and computer stuff and fantasy games. So she's kind of like the one out of my two daughters is most like me. Um, and she had been begging me to get a Gmail account. She was like, oh, I want a Gmail account. And I, w- and I was kind of like, why the, Why do you need a Gmail account? Like, who the-? She's like, well, my friends have Gmail and we haven't given her a phone or anything. So uh, 
she's hold, like, I just want hold off on the phone as long as possible. Right, right. So she's like, hell yes. Yeah. She's like, I just want to be able to Gmail. She goes because when I'm talking to my friends, they're sending each other like emails, and I don't know anything about it. And so I was like, all right. So I started to feel bad because she's a good girl. I love her, so I'm like, all right, we'll set up your Gmail account. So initially, we set it up, and it's like. Uh, I email her like, Hey, it's your dad. I love you. She's like, Oh daddy, I love you too. She's so excited. She has it. I'm all happy for her. And then the next day it's a Monday and we go to soccer practice with the younger one and we leave the older one who has the Gmail account home, uh, which we do. We leave her home sometimes. And, um, and she's come, old enough. Yeah. She's 11. She can stay home alone. And we have the dog, yeah. the dog, the oh, dog yeah. will literally destroy and murder any person <laughs> who tries to enter the house. So that's when I'm not worried about that. Um, so uh, I get home and I notice like, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm like a paranoid person, but when, when I, I have a Mac and I have, I put tape over the video, video camera window. Over my I Mac. have tape over my laptop right Same. now. Same. I'm looking Does, at a piece right? of tape I, right now. Okay, oh, good. Yeah. I, it's I, like even I, medical grade tape. Okay, you know, good. I wanted to make sure it wasn't weird. Stuff, it's all gummy. I thought oh, that yeah. I was worried that, that might be that. missing words. So I noticed the tape's not on there. The tape's on the, the, the table. Uh-oh. So <laughs> I'm like, so I go into the room where she's at, the oldest, and I'm like, hey, uh, did you take the tape off the camera on the, on the screen? She's like, oh, oh. And she's like doing her homework or whatever. And I'm like, she's like, oh, yeah, I, well, I saw it there. I didn't know if it was supposed to be there. So I took it off. I'm like, okay. So I go back to the computer and I start checking like browsing history because I'm a married male. So believe me, I know all about browsing history. Like I've, uh, I've been married for way too long to not know how to go You know browsing. how to flush a cache. So I start going through it and I can see video chat, 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 video chat, like all this stuff. And it kind of broke my heart a little bit where I'm like, kid, you were so excited to get this thing. And now it's been two days and you're already fucking up. Like it, it really broke my heart. Cause she's a good girl. She really is a good girl, but it's like, she wants so badly to be with her friends and her, all her friends have phones and we don't do that. We don't let them have them. And, uh, so I was like, fuck, I, it, it really, my heart sunk as I started to see all that. And, and she wasn't doing anything wrong. Like, she went through when like the first chat she did with her friends from school, she goes, hello world. Like no. she's just like, oh. she's just like That's trying sweet. to like get oh out God, there. You right? can't come down too hard on that. But she's and not. Allowed, well, the first thing is she wasn't even allowed to use a computer because the morning, that morning she gotten in trouble with her mom. So initially my thing was like, I was like, maybe I could just work this out with her. Like we don't even let her mom in because <laughs> I knew her mom would be like fucking Monica would be like way like heavy on it. But Monica's like, and like, hey, I told her she was not allowed to even use any computers because she had to get her homework done and she'd, she'd like talk back to me. So she, she was on punishment. So, so I basically bring her down and we have the come to Jesus moment down in the living room. And I'm basically like, look, I know everything you did. So now's the time where you're going to tell me everything you did because I already know it, but I want to hear you say it to me. 
So she kind of tells me, oh, yeah, I did this or that. But she doesn't tell me about like the video chat. And but I've already seen it. So then I say, okay, well, let's go back up to the computer and you show me what you did. So we get on her Gmail account. I can see all the different stuff I start pointing out. And so she realizes she's completely fucked. So uh, our initial thing was we're like, and dude, I'm telling you like that that night I slept not at all. Cause I'm thinking, no. I'm thinking we're no, going to be, we're, we're going to be moving out to Missouri. They're going to be mad at me. I can't trust where these kids are. Like, is she going to lie to me about where she's going? Like I'm, I'm all upset. And, uh, then, so I'm sitting there the next day and I'm like, all right, so she could do two, two weeks of no technology or, and then I thought to myself, wait a second, I have an organization in my back pocket that has been built upon making people feel bad about what they did and guilty and facing the punishment. I said to her, I brought her in and I said, Hey, here's what's going to happen. She's like, okay. I said, um, you know how we said you're going to two month, two weeks, no technology. She's like, yeah. I, and, and she was feeling bad. Like she, uh, she actually threw up the next day. I don't know Aww. if that was related to it. And then Aww. she stayed home from school, but she comes in she was, she asked my wife, she's like, is daddy ever going to forgive me for this? Because I was like, I'm honestly like, I can't trust you. Like, I don't know who you are. Like, what are you doing? So, uh, I tell her, I said, you can do one week, no technology. So her eyes light up. I'm like, but you are going to confession. There it is. And <laughs> I am bringing you to confession. And, and even my my wife is, my wife's like pretty, pretty, pretty Catholic. She's like, how's like, I'm like, no, like she has never, like she, when they do their first confession, they do like the, oh, I'm sorry, I fight with my sister. Like, no, this is good. This will be like good practice for her. I'm like, why am I neglecting? I have I have a whole giant organization that's meant to feel pe make people feel terrible <laughs> about what they did. Like, why wouldn't I use that? So, so on Saturday after her sister's soccer game, we're going to confession. And I'm going to walk her in there. Heck yeah. But, but a little part of me is like, is she really going to confess to what's like, like, I still don't trust her enough. I don't know if she's going to do it. That's it. That sucks. Forgive me, Father, but I have web chatted. No, but it's, it's about lying to your parents and it's about like, oh, you know, yeah. all this oh, stuff. Yeah. So we'll see how she does. But Technology sucks. But I thought finally the Catholic Church, like really, <laughs> they, they, they put it in there. Like, about, I'm like, why have I been neglecting off. this? Let me get some backup from the Catholic Church. So that's it. That's what's been going on that's with me. That's good stuff. Oh, the access, the access the kids have today to chicanery. I mean, like for, for us back in the day, like to find porn, you would have to get on your BMX bike and go out and ride <laughs> the woods and hope for payday. Dude, that's dude, what it was for us. Dude, do you know right? how we got, we got porn when I was a kid? Uh, I had, my stepfather, I guess at some point my mom decided she didn't want him to have any of the porn magazines. So she took all of his Playboys and penthouses and everything and dragged him out to the uh, – the, the the end of the driveway where the, the garage the garbage guys would pick him up so that immediately made me launch a a commando mission <laughs> in the middle of the night where I'm, I'm blacking out my face and i went out and i i recovered all, I, all this, and I dragged them way out in the woods that were behind our house which is great except after a while like it rains a lot in new jersey <laughs> that's that's just it it was always it, our porn experience 
experience was always waterlogged and out in the woods. Yeah, it was yeah. always it was always subject to the. And that's the way it should be. <laughs> or at sleepovers, I had a friend who his older brother had like pried the baseboard out from under their their shared bathroom <laughs> like floorboard, <laughs> and he stashed yeah, all we, his porn mags yeah, in there. We we hid porn the way people now hide dope. It's right, like, exactly. Yeah. I I house sat for a guy when I was in high school. And he and his wife had hundreds of VHS tapes in their bedroom. It's like, you're letting a 15-year-old house it for you. You don't think he's going to go through your shit? Well, he clearly, that 15-year-old clearly masturbated to a lot of the porn, a lot of this porn tapes. But, oh, yes. But he regularly checked the house to make sure it was. <laughs> I, I sat in their living room. <laughs> there was no one else in there. <laughs> it, it, it's not easy to make sure all those tapes are right back to the moment that you start. You're like, you're like, oh, shit, I need to rewind this back exactly because they might catch me if I don't rewind it. Be kind, rewind. Oh, they don't. They, they're not paying attention. <laughs> no, my, my dad had that. My dad had like a porn tape. And so I, I made a lot of use out of that porn tape. I really appreciate the fact that he bought that porn yeah. tape <laughs> when I was a teenager. I have to rewind Big Hiney Hose Volume 6 back to the 12-minute mark. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then I'm home yeah. clean on this one. Yes. But nowadays, they just get on the internet. So I guess yeah. the, I, it's I've in their da- pocket. I have two daughters, so I really don't have to worry as much. But for me, the worry is just that they don't listen. They don't – like I'm trying to give them cautionary tales, right? I'm constantly trying to warn them. So Yeah, because guys are dirtbags. Yeah, like avoid guys like me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, have you seen the thing where they just found Natalie Holloway's body? Yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus! Yeah. And now they're they're kind of the, kind of the story that's coming out is uh, the guy did not mean to kill her, but he gave her a GHB laced drink that made her basically she started foaming at the mouth and she asphyxiated. So maybe that's the way she died. Mm, that's crazy. But like, but like yeah, it's like, great. So it's like it's it's almost worse because it's like the guy wasn't trying to kill her. He was just trying to just date trying to fuck her. Yeah, and no, I was her just as, trying to date rape her. I wasn't trying to kill her. Okay. But, but my that point is, good. like, it, it means now you've doubled the class of number of guys that will try to murder your daughter. But like, oh, I murdered her accidentally. It's like it's like crazy. Ugh. So we'll see. It's ridiculous. All right, so, uh, Ooh, so that's yeah, a nice uh, turn for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it took a real downturn a for a second. But I mean, I it, 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 but I think it is good that they they did the Natalie Hollow that they maybe have found some of that for the parents. So that's good. Um, hey, um, I, I did set up a Facebook account recently for my dad. I don't know if you guys have you guys had the joy of doing this where you have to set up no. this stuff for your parents. No. No. So my dad, the first time he's like, basically my dad does not uh, want to be involved with any kind of stuff. I don't want to email him messages. He doesn't want to set up the Facebook account. So my dad's like, hey, my dad's a good guy, really good guy. But he's like, let's set up one of these fucking Facebook accounts. So I'm like, all right. So we do it. So I'm like, all right. So you're going to go to Facebook.com. And my dad's like, are we going to the internet? I'm like, all right, let's all just right. stop right here. Like, I don't think we can go any further. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you need a basic understanding first. Like, like, yeah, Dad, we're going to the internet. <laughs> like, this is going to involve the internet. Strap on your VR goggles, old man. Get yeah, in your hassy chair. I'm basically like, I don't know if I'm prepared to go th- walk through the whole process of setting up your fucking Facebook account. And then he had some weird thing where he was like, well, like he he's remarried, so he's married to my stepmom. He's like. Is uh, she going to know about this Facebook account? I'm like, what the fuck am I oh, setting up Jesus. for you, dude? 
<laughs> she will now. I'm like, Asshole. What? I'm like, what am I okay. doing here? Like, I don't Swinger know. Dad 69. Yeah, is I mean, your, yeah, is your like, profile. Like, and then, uh, then <laughs> I guess I had tried to set up a Facebook account for his wife previously. And so he's like, can we delete that? So, to delete it, I had to get into her email account. So he's like, yeah, here's the, here's the, what we go through this whole thing where he gives me like 50 different credentials that are wrong until I can get into her Gmail account or whatever to, to delete her Facebook account. So I delete it. And you then de- I'm like, deactivate it. You deactivate it. it. Right. So then I'm like, uh, so I said, does she know that you set up a Facebook? So then he could set up his own Facebook account, whatever. So I'm like, does uh, she know you're setting up a Facebook account? He's like, no. I'm like, well, so then I have to go back into her email and delete all the messages <laughs> that are sent like from Facebook. Yeah, I'm the like, hide your trail. I'm like, now I feel like I'm colluding with Russia. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, bonafide hack. I'm like, huh? Yeah, I'm starting to feel dirty. I'm like, I'm just trying to send you your goddamn fucking Facebook account. Like, what am I doing at this point? So apparently so it's working okay. My dad's, so my dad's like, on, yeah, we, we see the pictures of the garden. Like, I do the garden. My dad's <laughs> like, yeah, I see the garden pictures. Wasn't it so much easier when you just had to put your uh, parents on AOL 20 years ago? <laughs> you take the CD Program out of the magazine. You know, with 300 free minutes per, per month, and just pop that thing in there and they would, you know, get a little CNN feed and you got mail. I mean, that was it. Well, I knew it's a whole different class. My, my dad's the same guy who when I was after out of college and I'm like, I'd been emailing. I had a girlfriend that was like a remote girlfriend out in the way and we'd been emailing all the time. He's like, yeah, I don't think this email shit's going to catch on. I was like, dude, you were like so far <laughs> out of like what's going on. <laughs> Remote girlfriend? How does that work? Well, she was in a different state, so that's a it's it's not a, it's not a hand. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an actual girl. <laughs> <laughs> she lives in Canada. You don't know her. That was a very terse answer, by the way. I was I was digging for a little bit more, but that's okay. All right, so uh, Pete, you want to do a review or what? I do. After I uh, refresh my beverage. All right, uh, Jason, you want to do a review? Sure, I might as well. Let's go. Let's lock this shit up. We have some free time. Jason, Jason, you do this review. Oh, I'm going to be talking about Hero of Weehawken. Be very bad. uh, Quick. uh, I'll be back. Quickly, I'm dry. Weehawken myself. Get in the beer. I mean, at Pete's age, that means he's going to the bathroom again. Me too. Uh, So this is a Victory Points game, uh, solitaire game. Uh, in it, you are playing as basically Thomas Jefferson, uh, looking for, um, Aaron Burr, uh, trying to find him wherever he is. Okay. This is very interesting. I I will tell you one of my passwords is an Aaron Burr quote. Oh, what is written remains. Ah, yes, indeed. Um, so, like he he would never write down anything that he thought mm-hmm. because he was worried that he'd then be committed to that. Thought. Exactly, he was a a, a fishy guy. <clears throat> so, and that's part of this game is you don't know what he's up to. There's there's like twelve different conspiracies that he might be up to. One of which is no conspiracy. He's just trying to settle out in the West. Um, but, and that's, but the actual one was he wanted to set up a Western Empire. Right. Yeah. Theoretically. Theoretically. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Not really a coup, but a, a separate empire. 
Um, but in this game, he could be throwing a coup. You, you don't know. So the, the game is... <laughs> it, it's a perfect game for me. Um, I love this time period. I'm reading... I'm I'm on Madison now. I'm reading through the the U.S. presidents and really kind of entrenched in the the, the founding fathers. Um, so that you, really. So you made it. You made it. You made it through Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. That book wow. was garbage. Um, wow. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm trucking along. Um, no, I'm impressed. I'm not. I'm not like. No, yeah, I, I think that I'm impressed that yeah. you did. Um, and the Madison book is, it's written by Dick Cheney's wife. Um, but it's actually really good so far. Um, she, yeah, I don't think there needs to be a, but there, I think it's okay. Dick Cheney's wife can speak. And so you're like, it's Dick Cheney's wife. It's actually good. I, well, yeah, I was a little like, Oh, but no, she's a, she's a fantastic writer. She has a little bit of the, the Chernow thing where she kind of digresses into, uh, secondary characters a little bit, but, um, it's good. It's really good actually. Do you, does the fact that Dick Cheney is evil uh, affect the book at all? No, or is that not, <laughs> no, that, not related that's at all? That's what that will actually good was is because uh, that, that's always his, been my right. His the, his the being the, the embodiment of the penguin uh, is not seeping through the the pages of the book, which is good. Because that's generally the meme that uh, any conservative writer, if they're smart or evil, they're evil, and if they're they consider them not smart, then they're idiots. So they, <laughs> that's that's how they rate them all. So Bush was an idiot, but Cheney was evil. Cheney was evil. Everyone was like, Cheney is clearly smart, so he can't be dumb. Even though Bush is like graduated from Yale, clearly smart guy, dumb. But, dumb. <laughs> but Cheney evil. All right. Yeah, that's fine. So Cheney's, Cheney's wife, reanimator, though. I mean, he got shot in the heart, and he came back to life. I literally know a guy who was with Cheney when he shot his buddy. Oh, Get the fuck out. Really? Nope. nope, I know a guy. Was he, was he wearing an orange vest? Is that why he didn't get shot? It was an accident. Wow. <laughs> that was clear. An <laughs> Clearly. Well, you do have to shoot zombies in the head. So. <laughs> See, um, there, that's what we're talking about, Pete. Let's keep politics out of this. He's not evil. I, I'm just, I'm just stating facts. You have to shoot a zombie in the head. That's all. We'll, be, we'll ask the questions here, Pete. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about again? Uh, hero of we Cheney. Cha- no, we were talking about Cheney. We were talking about Lynn, Lynn, Lynn Cheney. <clears throat> um, so it's kind of a deduction game. You're you're playing through the turns, trying to gather evidence. It's 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 not a deduction game up front. You're you're gathering evidence, um, and you do this through. It's basically a, a a solo game flowchart. So you you draw a card, you do what it says to do, and then it gives you some options. You have actions that you can spend to make those things easier for yourself. But it's basically you choose an action, you roll a die. It's either successful or not. Um, you, you're going through a deck of cards, trying to gather evidence cards to use against Burr. Um, once once you can capture him and arrest him, and then you put him on trial. <clears throat> so that's the first phase of the game: is gathering evidence and trying to actually find where Burr is and then arrest him. Then the game moves into the trial, and here's where the game kind of yeah. Really- this sounds this sounds really interesting. I'm really curious about how this is. That's nice. It's and it plays very smoothly. Like it sounds a little dry, but it it 
mechanically it's very simple so you can actually lose yourself in what you're doing and 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 really try to find him and and then the trial what you do is you build a case against him using the evidence cards you have um and you can get buffs either for you or against you um that that will play out through the trial and and really all you're doing is is rolling dice but the first step of the trial is you have to charge him with something. You have to charge yeah, him with yeah, a conspiracy. So, so, so Jason, can you walk us through kind of how the trial works? I'd be I'm actually interested in hearing how the procedure works. So so that so that's the first stage. You have to charge him with something. And you charge him based on the evidence cards you have. And and the evidence cards will be conspirators. Um and there are um I can't remember exactly how many are in the deck, but you set some of them aside, just like Clue, right? So you set three cards aside, and those conspirators say what conspiracy is happening. So you're trying to find as many of those cards in the deck before time Mm -hmm. kind of runs out, and he gets away um, to build this case against him. And so you have to deduce from the cards you found what cards might be left in that actual conspiracy pile, and then build a case against him. And then the trial is really just rolling dice. Um, it's it's uh, filibustering against um, it, 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 it. It's it's really just rolling dice, and and you modify it with some of the the chits you set aside or the cards you set aside while gathering evidence. Um, so it's not it, it's not that mechanically interesting in the trial. It's kind of a. a um, tug of rope. So you're going back and forth trying to add things or subtract things from die rolls. But at the end, you're either successful in convicting him or unsuccessful. And either way you can lose or win. So you can you can you can do everything right um, but convict him of a crime he didn't actually commit and lose the game. Now now how do you figure out what crime you convicted him of? It's what you charge him with. So you charge him with something, and let me let me pull it out real quick. No, I mean it sounds actually very interesting. I, <clears throat> so you can charge him with um, uh, several um, conspiracies of trying to seize New Orleans, invade Mexico, uh, invade the the Southwest, invade Florida, um, detaching the Western United States, or a coup d'état. So those are the. Um, or he's just trying to settle in the West. Um, so you charge him with one of those. And then. So his, his excuses, he's like, Hey, I'm just trying to find a place to live out here. Right. And he might actually be doing that based on the conspiracy cards. Okay. Um, and then you get a verdict based on how well you do during the trial. Um, and then based on that, you find out your victory. So in, in one game, I had most of the conspiracy cards. Um, so when I got to the, the trial portion, my charge against him, it was either something very bad. He was either doing one of the coups, one of the major invasions, or settling out west. Um, which now, now, is there a hidden card that kind of tells you what what he's actually trying to do? Right, there are three. So there's okay. like there's like, like nine, clue, right? Like you right. said, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's nine conspiracy cards. You set three uh, of them I, aside. I, I, I've never played Clue, so I don't know that oh. reference. So. You're not missing much, <clears throat> except for reference. Except for miss. Uh, except for miss. <laughs> except miss, embarrassing yeah. myself in front of friends because I don't know Clue. But and okay. Ms. Ms. Scarlet. Yeah. Mean, yeah. What what young man didn't have their <laughs> board games? Stupid Scarlet. 
<clears throat> so in one game, I I convict I convicted him of uh, trying to launch a coup d'état, convicted him of it, and put him to death. And really, the conspiracy was he was trying to settle out west. So I lost the game badly because I killed an innocent man. So you wrongfully convicted. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, this is not a good game. I think this no, is it bad. was brilliant. Then I think it's, this game is like going to be a bad example for the wait, future of America. Can you play America. the solitaire? Can you do it's, the it's solitaire? Only, it's only solitaire. Oh, oh wow. Where, where have you been? Like, in the, who in would, the pisser. No, Pete, who would be the other player in this game? Like, we're talking about this game. Like, what would the other player do? Like, well, be like oh, I'm gonna move these cards around. I really, might be, really, I might like, be Mr. Mustard. I don't know. I was taking a, a piss. Go on. I'm sorry. Go on. It's it's a game I'm reviewing, so there's like a 97 percent chance it's a solo game. <laughs> In the Pete's imagination, this would be a game. It's like a three card Monty game, like where you're trying to play against the, the prosecutor. No, Jason's I, right because it's like you know BMS Pandora or something. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, yeah, yes, exactly. yes. But now in the case where you're prosecuting him for something that he didn't do, um, are there like, what are his options? Like he has two choices, like he has two things that he's guilty of. And it's just, if you get lucky on them or what? No. So he's doing something and you don't know. So that's the three cards that are set aside. You try to deduce from that. You, you don't know what he's doing until the very end of the game. After the trial is over, then it's revealed what he's actually doing. But I guess my question is, so how does, so cards are set aside to decide what he is actually trying to do, right? Exactly. Yep. How many cards? Three cards. So you have what, so basically you can try to convict him of like a broad array of charges and hope that you, one of them sticks or... Exactly. So, so there are um, like five lesser charges of conspiracy, and then two of um, basically overthrowing the U.S. government, and those get the death penalty. Um, and and so the trial plays out, and it's just as you're playing the first part of the game, he'll get evidence toward his case. You'll get evidence toward your case. That again, just kind of modify die rolls as you roll through. The, the trial mechanically then at the end it, it it shows what he was actually up to and and your victory points are based on does your conviction match the crime uh, how long did it take you you know what other things did you gather along the way so, so you, it, you so can play it really well and still lose which is kind of interesting to me right oh. so the, so the investigation at some point does it give you any clues as to how you need to tailor your trial Yes. Yeah. So that's the other. So there are nine conspiracy cards. I'm I'm saying nine. I don't know if it's exactly nine, but three of them are hidden. You'll find throughout the game some of those other cards. Um, So you're trying to get as many of those conspiracy cards to deduce which three aren't in the deck. Am I not? I feel like I'm making sense, but it's it's not coming across. Yeah. No. No. It makes sense because there are varying degrees of conspiracy that he could be. That he could be executing, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, it. like, Got if it. if if his daughter is one of the conspirators that are put put aside, one of the three, that's when he's settling out west. So, if you don't find her, there's a chance he's not doing anything. He's just trying to settle out west, um, all the way up to if Wilkinson is his only conspirator, conspirator, then it's a coup d'état. So, there are these varying degrees of different things based on um, the the different uh, co-conspirators involved in the case. 
No, so so overall, what do you think of the game? You I love it? it. I love it. This is the perfect game for me. It's very easy to play. It's very quick. It takes probably an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Um, really immersive. You can really get into it. Um, and it, it teaches you a lot of history. I mean, this is a period of history that people know, like Aaron Burr and all that stuff going on. There's Alexander Hamilton. And-, <laughs> and and Victory Points Games does a good job of putting like flavor text on the cards, um, talking about what the cards are kind of representing. So you can spend a little time to read through that stuff and really kind of get a feel for some of the things that are going on. And even the fact that like a lot of most Americans, they know who he is but maybe not this portion of it or I, I think that's a very charitable uh, characterization. <laughs> of well, they, they know now, right after the, after the musical, they know he shot Hamilton at least. Um, but yeah, great game. Um, uh, again, it's a victory point game. So it's $75. <laughs> it was, I think 35 or 40 and it comes in, you know, this, the Ziploc, um, the components in this are actually okay. Um, they're not the newest quality, but the cards are, are pretty nice. Um, r- really, really fun, really fast. Um, lots of history, lots of, um, because it's not on rails. So Jason, Jason, do you know, do you know a price for it? Or I think it's $35. Of course, uh, like three days after I bought it, they had a 10% off sale on everything in their store, which I missed, but that I can't hold that against them. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I I'm going to give it, um, an eight, I guess maybe a nine. It's kind of halfway nice. between there. Um, all the beers, you know, this it's mechanically very easy to play. So you can, you can get pretty shitty and, and still play along. And, and like I said, you can play it well and do, do bad in victory points. I've also, just took a guess because I was able to arrest him like four turns in, uh, just made a guess and won the game. So, you know, kind of a lucky, lucky DA on that one. Um, but that's nice. Yeah. Good. Lots of fun. Lots of what's fun. the uh, footprint. Yeah. What's the footprint on that game? Can you play it on like an airliner tray or something like that? Or you probably could. It's, it's like, a um, the, the map is, that would be a great like airline component. Like we could like, a companion up with an airline and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, get, like get for the tray, they all fit into the tray. The games all fit on the tray. So the the main map that you play on is eight and a half by eleven, and then um, there's there's like a, a half sheet of tracking for the first phase, and then there's a half sheet for tracking for the trial. So maybe not because of the cards and stuff. Maybe not on an airline tray, but like a TV tray. At home, coffee table game, that kind of thing. Um, good for travel because of the small footprint. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good stuff. I love it. Okay. I, I played the shit out of it. So uh, beers? What are we doing beers? Lots of beers. Lots of beers. How are yeah. we doing stars? Like 1 to 10? Game, I'm going to give it an 8, I think. It's between an 8 and a 9, but I'll, I'll, I'll shoot low because of the price. I'm good. That's solo. All right, nice. Who designed that, by the way? Is that like part of their stable designers, or it's or is uh, this a, a fresh face, or it's Robert Leinert, uh, Tim Allen, who's a guildie, I, I believe, did the map art. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, I want to say I read a book on this called like American Emperor or something. Like my dad had sent me this book about Aaron Burr. It was like that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, and like yeah. Burr is a very like shocking guy. Like <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. not normal. 
complex character. That's right. Um, hey, so I wanted to talk about a game real quick that I have been playing. Um, this is called, the game is called This Terrible Sound. Does, does anyone know what This Terrible Sound is about, or is that? The Civil War? Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's a Civil War battle. I thought you were so, going to make a podcast joke. No, so it's about, uh, it's about Chickamauga. Uh, it's from the Line of Battle series. And uh, it's it's interesting because you know they've kind of they kind of revamped the line of battle series uh, with uh, Last Chance for Victory. So they came out. It used to be the Regimental SS, the RSS. I don't know what it, what it stands for, but Regimental Subseries, something like that. Maybe, maybe something like that. So, so yeah, who now publishes the, it, by the way, for the MMP? MMP. Yep. We're doing MMP. So, um, basically, they came out with Gettysburg with Last Chance for Victory, and DNS came out with this big giant game, and then, uh, so then, uh, None But Heroes, I think, was the Antietam version, and so everyone was like, okay, well, that's you can still play the new version with None But Heroes. Um, and I bought that and then I realized that suddenly you can convert some of these other games that were from the old RSS series into, uh, the line of battle series. So I didn't know that. So, so I immediately, once I realized that before there could be any bump or any kind of like rush on games, I, I immediately went and bought, uh, this terrible sound, which is the, uh, the Chickamauga game. And, what the hell? I bought, I bought the Shiloh one. I don't. I don't remember what the name of it is. What's What's a bad thing to say about Shiloh? Usually they have a bad three word, like an unfortunate noise. Or <laughs> what's the? Is there something? The unsilent fart. Sorry, I bought I bought them both off uh, BGG. Which, if you haven't checked out, Geek Market is actually a great place to buy games. Like, oh my god, that's an uncovered gem. Like There's I got so I much good stuff. I, there. I got terrible sound, um, unpunched for like sixty five bucks, and it was nice. selling for like way more than that on eBay and everything else. So if you're on BGG, you should definitely check out the Geek Market to see if you can grab stuff. Um, the coolest thing I have to say about uh, the Chickamauga game is because it's all woods. There's no like like worrying about line of sight or units just run into each other. Right. So in Gettysburg, you're always like, well, can I see you from this bridge to that ridge or for last chance of victory? But the nice thing about uh, this terrible sound is the guys basically always slam into each other because woods block line of sight. So they're all basically stumbling through the woods trying to fight each other. So I've, I've, I've fought some battles with it. I fought I fought the battle of Jay's Jay's Mill. Which initially starts with a forest Confederate cavalry trying to defend against a Union attack. And then there's a giant Confederate division that's marching through the woods to try to slam into the flank of the Union guys. So, but uh, I, I've really uh, found that the best part about it is starting with a small scenario. I don't have to worry too much about the command rules because the small scenarios start with most of the commands already having their orders. So they just do what they're, they're supposed to do. And then you can really get experience with how the combat rules work. So once you've fought through the combat rules for a little while, then you can add in the command rules and all the other stuff. And it's a, it's a really great, uh, like uh, introduction into the system. So 
It's so like TCS. They do the same thing with that system. Yeah. And, and, and the cool thing about like, like, for example, just to give a quick example, the, the combat system is very simple. And, and Nick and uh, uh, Uncle John, they're into playing this line of battle system. It's a great system. Um, the, the ease of it is, for example, like in my situation as a Confederate, I'm trying to defend J.S. Mill. I have cavalry. So the cavalry can fight dismounted. They're dismounted fighting. But they cannot uh, ever charge Union units because they're cavalry. And the other disadvantage is when a Union unit shoots at them, it's like a plus one to the morale because the cavalry is really not made to stand up to infantry, Union infantry, right? So if, we, if an infantry unit fires at them, it makes it harder for them to uh, resist. And they've got shit like... I think we've talked about this game system before, but like if a unit runs away, you put a cowardly legs marker down on the spot where it ran away from, right? And then Great. every unit around that cowardly, if they're adjacent to a cowardly legs marker and you have to make a morale check, you have a modifier to that. Like it's contagious. It's just a great system. I think it's I think it's really well done. So I'm very pleased with it. I think if you're into ACW warfare, you should absolutely go out and grab uh this terrible sound and what the f oh oh it's a fearful slaughter that's shiloh how about that ah, i good. just I got just, in there and said hey that's what that, that fucking game is so what where, where are some of the other battles that this uh system covers well um they i know they do last chance for victory that that's the gettysburg they do no, no none but heroes it's hard remembering all these fucking phrases um uh and then obviously this terrible sound uh, this terrible slaughter, and then I want to say they're they're doing a uh, a pre order on on like a Monica say or like an attack on like uh, DC or something. So, by like early early's early, army. army. Wow, nice. But that's not interesting to me, dude. I want to fight Chickamauga, right? Chickamauga, you have Hood, you have uh, Longstreet. Basically, the Confederates have sent Longstreet's Long division Street. down there, Pete. That's right. Right. And uh and then you have all the local generals that hate brag, so they've got these <laughs> modifiers like Polk yeah. like won't yeah. listen to them. The the biggest struggle with the game for me is honestly, I'll I'll be playing it and fighting and having a great time and then I'm like, "Oh, I shit. I, I don't think they can do that because they don't have orders to do that." Like the order system is kind of restricts what the guys can do, especially on the defense. So how does it compare to some of the other uh, Civil War systems? Because, I mean, there are so many places to jump in with Civil War systems. I guess Not only what, like what on scale? a scale level. Yeah, what exactly. Scale's the question, Exactly. Right? So, exactly. What, I mean, do you want to fight a battle? If you want to fight a battle, I think this, this series is the best line of battle. Um, and then, fortunately, what I would say is, if you want this, then you need to immediately buy all the games that are available because they're going to run out <laughs> because they're not printing them anymore. Guild bump. Guild but the, bump. But the, but the thing that shocked me about this terrible sound is um, that it, it looks almost as good as it does now. I mean, they, they really did a good job. I mean, the quality is very high from MMP in the, like the early, we're talking early 2000s. I think it was out in 2002. Um, I mean, they don't do as good a job, but like last answer victory is great because they have the, the, all the core markers on the union, all that stuff. But, um, they, they do a pretty solid job. The components are really nice. 
So, so from a look and feel standpoint, is it like MMP or gamers or what is it? it, 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 it yes and yes. MMP and gamers. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, but, uh, I think I, I bought terrible slaughter and I bought this, this, uh, Fear, uh fearful slaughter. Fearful. What the fuck? Who knows? So, so but this you, you watery can, fart. Yes. <laughs> but, but I've been playing this terrible this, sound this, and it's this great. game. This game ports directly into the line of battle rules. Is uh, line of battle is a an evolution it's, it's, of RSS? It, no, it, yeah, it goes right into it. Okay, so you can you can play cool. it absolutely right right away. And the counters and the, my my point is basically that the component quality is good enough that you won't notice that you're not playing. Sure, it's not like you're playing a. And so this the, so by by jumping these games in this where uh, Antietam and and Gettysburg existed. And basically, the the problem was that Gettysburg is basically the jump ahead for the game system, and it left sure. Antietam, Chickamauga, and Shiloh behind. That makes and, sense. And and you can, I think you can get Antietam. I'm not sure. You guys might want to check that on your internet. Foo is that uh, hollowed hollowed ground? N- none, none but heroes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the newer one. But it might be out of print. But you, can, I think you can still get it. But uh, the other two are like way out of print. But I got the big but, one that the MMP is about to reprint. They're like doing oh, the, double, that's the that's, that's the great campaigns of the American Civil War. Uh, okay, that's totally the Atlanta campaign. Yeah, yeah. That's Rhodes to Gettysburg and all that stuff. Hot Atlanta, which, which is also something you should buy if you can. That that's great. But if you can't. Um, my point is that, like, I can buy Chickamauga. I bought Chickamauga, I think, for like seventy bucks unpunched, which for me was worth it. And I think I got Shiloh for like in the sixties through Geek Market. So definitely check out the Geek Market. Well, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, being unpunched, that's sweet. So great games, love them. Uh, nice. And I, yeah. I think probably when uh, Nick and I hook up at uh, at the Kirkwood. Uh, AC mm. MonsterCon. Like, <laughs> uh, we're gonna try to play one of these big ones. Like, nice. So, and, and what's up with the, uh, why? Why does uh, why does Mitch always have to do like Cthulhu monsters? <laughs> like, isn't like it's, a Godzilla better monster? Like, no, people get absolutely, no, 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 absolutely no, not. no, no. See, I, yeah, I, I would think that like he always has to have something like every. What, what do you t-shirt mean always? No, he he keeps sending me these t-shirt designs <laughs> for his monster con. I'm like, they're all terrible, bad. Everyone I, he sends me, I'm like, hate it, no, hate it. You, you loved like, my shirt the for, from the get go. Oh no, dude, yeah, yours was the best. But it's like, can you not pick like a Godzilla? It's a monster con. Like, who thinks? Oh, monsters. Cthulhu, like no, it's Godzilla. Like <laughs> fucking pick a Godzilla fucking thing, whatever. I, I so think expected. On this so one. expected. No, no. In the in the oh in God. the end, in the end, he's like, "Well, this is a T-shirt." I'm like, "Whatever." I'm not even stop emailing me about it because I'm not even a fucking response. <laughs> but this, I thought the Starfire shirts were great. That's badass. Oh, the Starfire! I did a really good job. Make me weep. You sure <laughs> shit did. It's the year of ancient. Sci-fi wargaming. Exactly. We're, next, we're gonna next war year's going to be the year of how old playing they are. games. Yeah, we don't care how old these games are. 1990, 1991, mm, all the way back. Yeah, we're if the shit is games. good, it gets played. That's right. All you ancient games are getting played. So let's let's give this baby a, a star rating. 
Star rating, star rating. So the the key is uh, the best part is um, I got to say I, I'm going to give you Dinesic props. Uh, he writes the best designer notes, bibliographies where he just will is not afraid to hamstring and just castrate a, a reviewer uh, like a a, <laughs> a person that he thinks is not good as far as like a like results or or you know whatever like research or author. So. Yeah, so it's it's great. I think uh I mean I'm gonna tell you it's a it's a nine. I haven't the major scenarios, but um it's given you all of the through the woods fighting. And the beauty is like I'd mentioned earlier, um when you're fighting in like last chance for victory or some of the other early line of battles battles, um, you're kind of like, oh, can I move into the tax because they can see me? Well, the nicest thing about Chikamaga is no one can see you. You're all like running through the woods with each other. It's like crazy. Like you don't see the guy until he runs into your hex, basically. So um, it's a lot of fun and it really makes for a lot of fast action. So I would give uh, this terrible sound a nine. And uh, for beer drinking, I'd say a seven because you got to remember stuff like you know, like rules about orders and who knows, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually amazed that Nick and John can play, uh, this system. They get fucked up. They're a fucking shit face. Dude. I'm like, I even, love their live streams. E- even, dads. even, oh my the, God. The, even the tweezering. I'm like, how can you possibly like, cause basically under a unit, you have a, you have a little marker that says like five, four, three, two, one, and like, and you have to flip it. Like if you fuck up that tweezer lift at all, you've just basically fucked up the entire strength of the unit. You have no idea what that unit strength is anymore. You know what I mean? Like if you're lifting up and like you drop it on the ground with the tweezer, or, you're fucked. You don't know. Was it a four? Was it a seven? <laughs> you have no idea. So Uncle John and Nick are due for another one of their big weekends. I mean, I stream that shit right for, now. Yeah, how do they do it? I don't know how they do it. So, but good for them. So, great system. Uh, I love that I could go back and buy those old battles, Shiloh and Chickamauga, which are probably not going to be made for fucking years by MMP. So, if you can find them, buy them now. So that's what I'd say. That's it. That's it, boys. I dig it. All right, so quick quick question I wanted to ask, and I think this is important. Let's talk about dice. Mm. Are we ready to talk about dice, Pete? Oh, I'm ready to talk about dice. I've are done you, some or, research. Or, or, or do you have to take a potty break? No, I'm fine. Okay. I, I've, I've got my catheter. I'm so ready. Th- this, became, this became kind of like something I was more aware of when uh, I was rolling a dice for, for uh, this terrible sound. And then a Newell was like, oh, you have to be aware. Those gamers dice are terrible dice. They're not accurate. You got to get, like, I'm not telling you to get these types of dice, but you need to. And suddenly I became aware that, like, we rely on dice quite a bit in these games. Oh, yeah. So are the dice that we're being given reliable? I mean, it's significant, right? Because Never the dice trust produce the, dice the results. That Mark Walker gives you. No, but start there. So, so I want to hear about this. Like, like Pete, what do you think about it? Like, are you you up on this topic or like dice reliability? I started looking at all these things with like uh, game science, and he had his own dice and all that stuff. And well, so. you know, I I play a lot of games with Ralph, so let's let's just start with that statement. So. The veracity of dice is uh, 
it's it comes with the territory when you sit down and play a game with Ralph. And Ralph always throws like the uh, I forget what size they are, you know, fourteen or sixteen millimeter Vegas dice. He no, I I bought, I bought like, like twelve sets. I bought twelve nineteen millimeter a, a casino dice. Holy cow! Yeah. As a result. Oh yeah, they're they're beefy. They're awesome. However, they're gigantic and they're sharp edge. I don't like yeah. the sharp edges. I know they roll there, need- but I don't like them. Well, you need you need the the whole idea is that a pair of crab dice is meant to be hucked down like a twenty foot long table right. around a bunch of jiggly college students, right? You know, you, so when we're throwing dice, what are we throwing dice into? Maybe one of those little octagon little things that we buy for fifteen dollars off Amazon, or we throw it right onto the plexi or something like that. So right. the the idea is is if you get the Vegas dice, awesome, but they are meant to be thrown as opposed to rolled. So that's that's a bit of an so, issue right there. So my question would be, what is the problem then if uh, if you're rolling dice for results, but the results are not consistent? Like the game gives you dice that you're going to roll. And you're relying on those those rolls to be based on the typical curve, but they don't match that curve. What what is it affecting other than combat? I, I mean, we, like, well, we we trust we trust the dice. They're going to give us a result uh, that is what we would expect, you know, based on normal outcomes of, yeah, of normal uh, bell curve distribution. Mm-hmm. No, example, no, I, right? I, yeah, I, sure. but, but when oh. they don't do that, but what is that a affecting results? You're making choices based on, okay, I know if I roll this, I'm going to get seven this many times, two D six, I'm going to roll two D six, right? So I'm going to get a seven this many times. But then when you find out that the, the die is not, Right, so it doesn't roll seven. The dice don't roll sevens the same amount of times. Is that a problem for the game? Well, it can be huge because think about a couple of years ago when you and I were at Game On, right? And we were playing that big uh, Stalingrad scenario um, for ASL. Right, and, then and there was, I think the problem becomes less with sevens, but maybe more with like Snake Eyes or Boxcars or stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, well, you, you, had, you had an SSR, if I remember right. It was you had to roll a six... And when you rolled the six, you got a certain amount of reinforcements, and you never across the three days and what eighteen hours plus or yeah, thereabouts. Right. I, no, I remember. Played, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that affects that affects the the whole game experience. It's not just, eh, you know, I got a couple of shitty combat rolls, and it and it kind of comes out in the wash. Your entire ability to defend in that scenario was impacted by the fact that those dice never came up six ever. ever. Yeah. Not once. Right. Not once. Right. So I guess my point in asking Jason is I'm asking like, say you're playing a game, even solo, and you know that you need a certain number of roles. Like you need, I need these results. You know, kind of like what your odds are. Sure. Now, if you played the game and then later on you found out that like, oh, those dice we supplied with the game, yeah, they never roll this result. <laughs> so they don't roll this because we don't really care about the dice. Like that's something that we we bought them from some company. And would that affect your opinion of the game? It, not of the game. And I don't – I almost never use the dice that come in games. I, I leave them would in you, the box. Would you, would you prefer – would you rather use? I almost think that at this point, solo, 
Would you use like a, a digital die roller, like an no. iPhone die roller? No, I, I those love, things can be just as bad. I love no, but they, they can't dice. Though. They have to be more accurate. Well, take a look at what Vassal does. I mean, everybody. <laughs> oh, I know, but Pete, may, Pete, Pete, maybe the problem with Vassal is you're getting some real results until what you're actually getting with your actual <laughs> dice. <laughs> no, the, the tactile feel of rolling dice though is too much to pass up. But I. Uh, oh, good point. You know, like I'm not going to click my phone for a result. And, you know, you want that tension and that that physical tactile rolling like like when my son and i were playing one deck dungeon like we're standing up rolling you know a handful of dice yeah the results might not be what what we want but but i'm i'm not going to give that up um, maybe the maybe the real solution is you need to roll like a man like put some put some wrist on that shit. <laughs> exactly like don't do the fucking roll over like the here's, here's my roll Bleh. all right dave Enough. Hand flip. <laughs> oh, but Jason, you're so right. It's like, you know, the roll. There are always those pivotal rolls in a game. Exactly. And and you've got those dice in your hand and you're talking shit as that roll is coming up. You're like, and you're, oh, right, and you're uh, Yeah, exactly. Here comes that fucking 12, motherfucker. Boom. And you throw it down. Okay, snake eyes. Yep. Oh, I'm fucked. Yep, yep. But you know, but, but, but right. I, I, my story, point is, my point is, my point is, I think that people need to be aware that the dice that they're getting in the games right. are not necessarily reliable right. for what they want to play with. Well, you can look. You <laughs> and can this week's episode is sponsored by Game Science. That's, that's right. Like, so, okay, I'll say, like, basically, so, I'll, but I'll those be honest. dice are really good. I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest. When. Jeff did it. I did like do a lot of searching suddenly drunk on, on my couch and I ordered a shitload of game science dice and then realized I have to fucking ink all those dice myself. So what? I have to do the crayon yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I have to fucking crayon in. But then you're like 1982. That's Holy right. I, I'm on keep on the borderlands, dude. I feel like I'm going to keep it. Oh my God. But, but no, but then you're affecting the die roll. Like he balances those based That's on. Right what they are right apparently you guys the game apparently the game science dice are reliable have you guys watched those youtube videos on people who uh basically super saturate Mm -hmm. a glass of water with with salt or or actually i i watched this last night and my wife is like what the fuck are you watching but to test the dice it's a test the dice right yeah it was it was an australian guy who was adding 50 teaspoons of sugar to a glass of water because he was saying sugar actually supersaturates uh, water better than salt. Well, well actually, well, actually sugar, sugar is better than, than exactly. It was totally it was totally comic book store guy breaking the shit down, and he was showing how many how many teaspoonfuls of sugar that you have to throw in a glass of water to make a D four float because the D four is the stingiest of all things to get the float, <laughs> right? But, so but he's throwing yeah, all his D D D dice in there, and he's like, but, "All right, this is how many teaspoons of sugar." But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just basically saying, Pete, do you trust your dice? Do you trust that they're being fair to you, or do you want to buy want? better dice? I I actually have Vegas dice, and I huck those things really hard against the back end of uh, my roller. To get a Dave, little bit Dave. of Vegas tumble out of them. This this sounds like an ad. <laughs> oh no, I, I'm not. I'm not. Do you sell- do you trust your dice? Do you want to trust your dice? I, I I actually have to say that 
uh, Jeff's message made me not trust my dice because I'd been playing uh, th- this terrible sound. And I'm like, God, I'm getting a lot of box cards. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? So I, I'm notorious during a game. If I'm rolling poorly, I will grab another set of dice. And I have, like probably most guys do, I have a bucket full of dice. Um, and I'll, I won't hesitate to pull out more dice. My son and I are playing Ogre, and my dice can't roll a fucking six to save their lives. I'm going to grab another another die. But I think this, oh, is the, this is the interesting point of the gaming industry, right? So we rely on the dice to create the unknown in our gaming. All of us do. All of us. It's it's a, it's a I don't know what size. It's ten percent of the game is the the random result. Like if you, there's some games, of course, that you you know if I fight you here and there's no random result, like we're gonna put out there. But some of it requires die rolling, so there needs to be some trust and some value in the dice, and it kind of shook my trust. Like it's an important component of, of many, much of wargaming that when I roll the dice, dice are going to roll according to what we expect them to roll. Yeah. And if you look at, at some of the videos from the, 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 uh, the dice geeks, I think even old Lou Zochi or Zoki, uh, however you say his name, Mr. Game Science himself was like, look, the dice to trust are the ones are, are the, the ones that you can see through. Any any dice that are um, opaque, you will not be able to see the occlusions inside of the dice and the imperfections. But if you have a clear die, you can actually look in there and see if things are ill-formed. Like um, in one of those videos I was looking on YouTube last night when you were talking about this the other night, Dave, I was like, okay, I'm going to look at this shit, shit up. And if you cut open um, one of the opaque like, you know, the swirly, you know, D20s that you see in the store, you know, all fancy and shit. You cut it open, it looks like a, a an off-market gum stopper. You know, it's all chalky and bubbly inside. And it's like, oh, of course this thing's not going to roll true because it's not solid inside. It's not yes, consistent. Right. So this that, that's my concern because I think we trust, like, when we play, if you play a computer game, you know that when you do an attack, it's it's creating a random number, whatever. But when you play a physical game, you're rolling the die. You're trusting that that die is actually going to produce, produce a result that's consistent with the odds. So I don't know everybody, if that's true. Everybody, when they're playing D&D when they're 14, had their trusty die. It's like... This is the die that is going to get me the crit hit that I need right now. Yeah, but I don't, know if, at- I don't know if our guys who are playing games, though, are like using like they, I think I honestly tend to take the dice out of the game that I'm playing. And those are the dice I use. Like, hey, I'm going to set this game up. And oh, shit. I'm dice. the opposite way. I'm like, oh, oh no, I don't. These dice, man. Right. You know, who knows how much they pay for I, these? Like, I don't, I don't use, I don't use lucky dice. I tend to, to pick it out. So when Jeff was like, oh, those dice, those gamers' dice have been proven to be bad dice, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, that is pretty bad because like a lot of us play games based on. You're playing OCS. You think, oh, well, seven, I'm going to be able to get my fighter squadrons. And, you know, it's just, it's a big deal. That's really important that the results be consistent with what we expect. Well, that's why, you know, people who play backgammon for real um, actually will pay, you know, $14 per die 
because those things are precision cut. Yeah, I, I, bought a, the, I bought a ton of casino dice now, and now I have like a fucking a bunch of dice I bought from Zoki that I have to fucking ink, figure out how to fucking get the, the, the crayons in there and, there and ink out the bullshit. Oh, seriously. seriously. Exactly. I mean, I feel like I'm going to start attacking mushrooms in like that. Uh, what's that unknown adventure? B1. It's like B1. Into the unknown. Like, into the unknown. All right. Oh, God. You just, you just struck a little bit. I need a moment. I need a moment because I'm having I'm in my happy place when you said that. Sounds good. Yeah, so uh I thought it was like so Jason, what's your opinion? Like what are you gonna use? Are you gonna I, just say like fuck it, I'll use the dice that come with the game or I, what? I, I almost never use the dice that come in games. I, I use for D sixes, there's a company called Double D six. So so this oh, is yes, important yes. advice. This oh, is important advice this from good. new gamers, right? Because this is something you should know. Like along with clipping counters, yes, you should mm-hmm. clip them. We're Indeed. all gonna make fun of you if you don't. Uh and scanning all your counter sheets right when you get them right away. You should scan them and, and save them. Just in case. And now you should have your own dice. Okay. Exactly. Let's so th- so these aren't precision dice, but a D twelve rolls better than a D six. It it just it feels better in the hand and it and it I think it rolls on, on the curve better. So these double D six is basically it looks like a, a D six with the pips. It's still you know one pip through six pips, but it's just twice on the die. Um I'm beginning to wish I hadn't bought twenty five dollars worth of dice <laughs> like two, uh, like four days ago now so, because so I'm thinking I want to buy these. Yeah, they're they're really nice. They're um, I, I I bought them on Kickstarter um, and they it was really cool. You could buy like a a random lottery, um, so you had like a a guaranteed minimum, um, but you could get above that based on and they would roll dice to tell you how many dice you get. Um, so I ended up getting quite a few of them, um, and I, I really like them. They're they're going to do another Kickstarter soon. Maybe I'll talk about it when they when when they launch it. But it's and, it's, and maybe send me an email before that. For sure. Because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, the idea is it's a D twelve that's got double double sixes, double exactly. fives, double fours. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they they roll pretty consistently. Um, I'll still, of course, get frustrated because if if they're not rolling what I want them to, um, but they now, are, do they do they do the tests against the the other dice? Do they do any kind of rolling tests? I think they might have during the campaign. I can't remember exactly. Maybe I'll have oh. to. I'll have oh, to come on, some water. Jason. Yeah, right. Like we I'll have just to super test saturate this stuff. your glass full of water with fifty teaspoons <laughs> of sugar and figure it out. I'll, I'll I'll bring some to the convention and and we can do some some science. We'll get Brad involved and do some science. Do they come in different colors? They so do. I'm, they, I, oh, okay. Because I'm asking as an ASL you're asking for a friend. Might ask. Yeah, you, asking you, for a friend. Do you have to ink them? No. Oh, thank God, because I have to still do that. So there aren't a ton of colors right now because they're kind of at the end of their stock. They have like the um, the Settlers of Catan colors and then like black and white right now. But I have blue and red and um, yeah, I'll, I'll bring them to the con. Nice. All right, good. What about you guys? Do you have like a lucky pair or a pair you go back to or are you just rolling casino dice? Nope, I, I roll whatever's available. That's when I started to realize that maybe that was a problem. Like, but now I have the casino dice, which are gigantic. I have like two, I have like 12, 19 millimeter casino dice, razor edge, but I have them in a cup. So I have them in a cup. So I'm thinking I can just roll them in the cup and then see what happens. I don't know. 
Who knows? Yeah. Well, you need a cup because otherwise you're going to get calluses. I mean, yeah, but, well, well, the last thing I needed was worrying about the dice, right? Like, I've got all these other problems. Yeah, don't so. worry about the tactics. Just worry about the dice. That's right. I'm trying to just figure out the fucking game, and now I have to worry about if the dice are rolling correctly. Maybe we have a dice hookup. Maybe someone listening can, can get us casino dice. I don't know. Yeah, you think we would know somebody like that if we knew a guy who worked in a casino who was in the guild? Who might hmm. be able to source Whatever. us we'll see. with we'll discarded see. dice? My problem more is that my casino dice are too big. Like, they're too large. And I, I, don't, I don't like the sharp corners. That's why I clip my counters. I don't like sharp corners on things. Well, I don't even I don't have, like, the little uh, – do you have the little uh, octagon with the, the, the felt on the bottom? Like, the I, wood? Yeah, that's what I got. I built one that's, like, um, probably six by nine. I don't have any of that. Yeah, you need a dice tray. Yeah, I got to get that. Yeah, that you sucks. need something to bang those things against. I mean, that's the way those things were designed. All right. Well, that was my question because it really raised some concerns for me because I was kind of trusting the dice. Like, I'm an idiot, right? I buy a game. There's the, there's dice in the game. Hey, roll these dice. I would roll the dice that came in the game. But then I started to realize, like, these these dice came in the game in, like, 1992. Yeah. Or, or whatever. You know, like, it's like – Yeah, and, that was and if you bought it used, or, it has Cheeto dust on it. So you don't, you don't want to right, roll that. So, and if no, you bought if you it want, from if, Victory Point Games, it's microscopic. Yeah, and if you want something that rolls, go out and take a look at the back end of dice that are out there. Those things are solid. They they throw, they roll real nice. Yeah, but you're looking at D6s, right? So if you need anything else, then True. Stuff. True. Then you're going for game science and yeah. That's what but, I did. I, I ordered a bunch of game science dice. I think and I'm, I'm going like, to do that too. And then they're all fucking not ink. And I'm like, motherfucker. Remember, just hold them up to light. Make sure that you can <laughs> so, see well, through them, that they're well, Loosen, well, well now I have, to, bu- I have to bust out good. all the crayons. I'm busting out all the crayons. <laughs> Make it it's crayons. the same crayon that came in with your uh, I know, I know. Gamma World, right? That's what I'm saying. It feels like it's like 1978. <laughs> Speaking By the of way, Gamma, Gamma World, World, Gamma yeah. World's happening. Gamma World is Fuck happening, yeah. gentlemen. Sign me up. Are you in? You're oh, in. I'm in. You I'll pew space. pew the shit out of that. Oh, God. So, do you need radioactive tentacles or um, or, or flying ability? What, what I need, you, I need hover boots. <laughs> a rejuva chamber, a portable rejuva chamber. Exactly. So, speaking of Gamma World, what 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 game are you gonna talk about? Oh, you know, I'm I've been thinking about it during the whole podcast. All these things have been kind of like jumbling around because. <laughs> You know, we've we've been talking about this whole year of of Ziploc gaming for for a while now, and just like all these Ziploc games that we're breaking out and just having a really fucking good time with, because the rules are tight, they hold up. Um, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do less of a review as as opposed to a love letter to two Steve Jackson games that have been played here. Oh, I know, I know. I'm, I'm getting I'm excited. Getting excited. I know, I know. So I, I want to talk about Ogre, and I want to talk about Car Wars. Nice. And nice. I want to talk about the fact that probably 30% of the podcast viewers have these things in their closet right now. Any any wargamer of, of any kind of stripe 
who's been at this for more than 30 years has these things on the shelf and has said, Oh God, you know, that game was so good back in the day. And I, maybe it's more of a call to action where we're look, just get these things on the table again, because they are in fact as good as you remember them. Um, you know, sometimes you look back and it's like, okay, you know, I used to love He-Man cartoons. Those things were fucking awesome. And you look at them now on YouTube and go, oh, fuck, what was I thinking? You, no, not the case with, with these, with these old games. And here's, here's, here's what happened. We took, um, Ogre on vacation with us, meaning me, um, <laughs> last month. And, um, we always pack games on vacation and you know, you, you always overpack. It's like, Oh, we'll play this. We'll play this. We'll play this. Now you maybe play one of them once and it's, and, and it works out fine. Okay, great. But I popped over into, uh, the, the bag. And of course, ogre is in this sort of VH VHS style con container. Um, actually smaller, it's a bit more slender, but it's, it's about VHS size, maybe about a third of the, of the, of the depth of it. I've had this, this game for 35 years. No joke. I paid two ninety five for it at Marco's Play Mart in Paquonic, New Jersey, when I was a kid with paper route money and played the hell out of it when I was a kid. And my son is the same age when I bought this thing and I said, yeah, you know, here we go. Super tank game. What do you think, dude? And he's like, yeah, yeah, throw it in the bag. So a couple days in vacation, um, you know, after everybody's been swimming and having a fun time and everything, and just you're at that lazy point in the afternoon, dude, let's play this game. He's like, all right. And break out the ogre. And I say, all right, you know, because, you know, he's the kid, you get the kid, the powerful, the powerful unit, the old. Oh, yeah. Unit, right. It's like, that's, that's the whole thing. It's like, okay, make him feel mighty and, and invincible. And, you know, hopefully he gets hooked. And of course he kicked my ass. Yeah, he loved it. I had two way too many howitzers and, and, and totally screwed up my, my whole defense and, and, put put things in penny packet fashion everything you shouldn't do an ogre and he's like oh this is so good let me be on defense i'm like all right smart guy and of course i come in and kick his ass and he's like oh, play it again i'm gonna be defense again i'm gonna i got it this time i, I gotta figure nice. out what i'm gonna do and kick his ass again that's like all right let's take a break you know we grill up some steaks and the next day we're out on the uh, mountain biking trail, and he's like, Dad, I have the perfect defense. I'm going to beat you tonight. <laughs> right? So, I mean, that's that's the very essence of Ogre right there is the ability to, to get into your head and to make you think about it away from your time at the table and say, what is the optimal defense against that fucking infernal machine? And he was hooked. And this, and what was what was beautiful about it was that we've we've played a lot of war games together, um, and this was the very first time he looked past the fact that it was a piece of paper with hexes on it, 
and thin ass. I mean, this is this is the original ogre. I mean, this is shit that you cut out with a pair of scissors. And <clears throat> he looked past all that, and he saw he saw the story. He saw the action. He saw the strategy. He didn't look at the components one bit. And I'm like, I've got you now. <laughs> this is it. You have had your gestalt moment with 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 wargaming. You know, it's it's not always about the looks of the game. It's about the headspace that it puts you into. And it's it's been wonderful because you know ever since we we since broke out uh, GEV. Which is the little uh, follow-on game to this, and I've got a bunch of ogre expansion packs. And again, it's all the old-school stuff. It's all the stuff that's mounted on um, heavy cardstock, as opposed to actually, you know, proper counters and things. And we're setting out these maps, and he is just having a blast and asking, you know, every other day, when do we play ogre again? When do we play ogre again? That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it just it just holds up. You know, for some reason, Steve Jackson just knows how to get down to what's core with a 14-year-old kid. <laughs> Whether you're 48 or you're 14, it doesn't matter. He just he just knows. And it's the pew, 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 man. It's, it's just, exactly. let's line up a bunch of shit and blow up each other's stuff. And when the dust all settles, one of us is going to win. That's simple. So... Ogre, Ogre does everything it did when you were 14 years old. And if you want to just play a game where you line things up and you blow the hell out uh, out of each other, it it still does the job. It still does the job in fucking spades. So um, that's 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 been wonderful, and it's it's completely opened him up to this whole world of you know these Ziploc games where. You know, it only takes me about 10 minutes to teach the basics. And of course, you know, there's some nuance and things like that that you impart over the course of a game. But, you know, I have a, a shoebox. Literally, it's a shoebox full of these old games. I've got Car Wars. I've got the old Melee games in there. And he's like, ever since we played Ogre, he's like, Hol-, you know, if he would say this, he doesn't say things like this but he's like holy shit dad you look at all these awesome games look at all these themes look at all these things we get to do my god we need to retire right now you know <laughs> like if he could retire at 13 he would and just sit down and play all these games um that that's what's been so cool because like i'm looking at like um um you know like like uh all good's been posting all these great things oh yeah online Right, you know, you saw the post. Well, out well there. luckily for him, he's he's been retired for the years, so it's <laughs> basically. I mean, look, he he had these posts like I got some friends coming over to play Wizard and Melee, and I'm like, oh, fucking swing, come on, like Death Test. I mean, come on, anybody anybody out there who's looking at this show right now who's ever gone through Death Test is going, fuck yes. I mean, just get in there, crawl through that dungeon, beat up on a bunch of shit. And maybe if you're lucky, you open a crate that has like a one d six healing potion in there, and you get to <laughs> well, keep on well, going. Yeah, and, that, and now right? he's, playing, he's playing some kind of war game, like like strategic fantasy war game. Divine right. I mean, Divine holy right. shit! That's right. Classic TSR fucking canon right there. 
I mean, all yeah, I didn't stuff. even I didn't even know what that game was until I saw that he was playing it. Yeah, and Jason, this this brings up a point. It's like I, I'm I'm going to admit to everybody out there, and I made a mistake. No, I made no, a Pete, mistake. this is the place to do it. It's good. It's good. I, I right made. A, I'm coming clean. I'm We're clearing the decks. We're going to clear the decks. And I'm glad I made a mistake to the benefit of a guildy. Because uh, not last year, but two years ago, I sold off my copy. And then this person knows what's coming because he's listening right now. I sold up for my I sold off my copy of Time Tripper. <laughs> Big mistake. Big mistake. However, it Big went mistake. to it went to the professor. Nice. And he will appreciate it. You know, I mean, shit, you know, this, that's the whole point with these light old games from the 80s that when you had a couple bucks from your paper route money and you went out and you bought Car Wars, you bought Ogre, you bought Melee, you bought Time Tripper, those games killed 90 minutes in high fucking fashion. And they still stand up today. Yep. If you want to get a young kid into the game, you put one of those things in front of them because those games understood what was what was core, which is just put stuff on the map and beat the hell out of each other and laugh while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah right now, Divine Right is, is, is running about 150 bucks on Geekmark. Holy shit. That's U.S. So yeah, it used to be it used to be nine ninety nine at Marco Playmart in Quantic, <laughs> New Jersey. I never picked it up. Big idiot. So tell me a little bit about Car Wars. Car Wars, Car Wars. Um, hey, hey, Pete. Before, yeah, like Car Wars. I get. Um, can you do a Car Wars and do a little? Uh, what's the GMT game that's coming out based on Thunder Alley? That's going to be kind of a Car Wars ish game. Apocalypse Road. Are you up on that at all, or no? Not at all, because okay. you know what? Car Wars is the fucking shit. Because <laughs> I, 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 like anything I made, else, is a pale imitator. I made, Unless car, that thing I made Car Wars cars when I was in study hall on punishment in high school. So, so I'm I'm up on Car Wars. I was just curious. Like, so were were you when you were in uh were when you were in detention there? Were you guys? Uh, lining up the, like uh, the single track like, road, like, or did no, you have we, Sunday we, drivers, or what did you we, have? We like to call it study hall. It wasn't detention. That's not. <laughs> it, it was yeah, us. you and your euphemisms. That's cool. It, it was. We'll uh, it's it. called other than class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't remember enough about it to be honest. I remember that you would load up. You'd have like points on your cars that you could load up equipment, and then you would just go out there and start tearing around the track. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of it. Like, uh, all right. So, Car Wars. Car Wars is another game that after um, my son and I were were busting out uh, Ogre, uh, he was like, "What is this?" He's looking at it, and the original uh, box art I'm looking at right now looks like um, like a movie poster from Death Race 2000. It's the you best. can almost see, like, yeah, you can almost see like David Carradine on the cover of this thing, right? You know, it's the shit. It's got the crosshairs and the and the rainbow colored motorcycle and the van and the car and the colors all, are all great. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And and you know, that's just it. I mean, again, when you're 14 years old, these guys knew back then in the 80s what was gonna fucking hit home with you. And it still works. 
works. It still works 48. And I look at this and I'm like, uh, please, let's play now. Um, but he, the, the beautiful thing was he's like, okay, dad, what's the backstory here? You know, what's going nice. on nice. in the world of cars? I'm like, dude, you are a chip of the, off the old block. So I'm like telling him about like, you know, oh, well, there are these food riots and then towns turn into like these fortified centers and the, the, uh, the town, the areas in between towns are wildlands and people are like shooting each other up. And there are these marauding gangs. He's like, oh, okay, cool. So, uh, you know, we start building our cars, just like you're saying, Dave, you, you, you get, you know, uh, certain chassis and there are certain, uh, different, different ways that you can build out based on the weight of your chassis, like how big your power plant is or your engine, how many weapons you can put on there, uh, how fortified your tires are. So you can totally pimp out, customize your cars. Um, and, and as they as they went on and uh, went into the later editions, the one that you can actually still get right now, um, they simplified some things because impulse movement used to be based on uh, ten impulses, uh, and now it's down back down to six, which makes it a lot easier to track. But you know, it's it's your usual. It's like okay, if you're going three miles an hour, uh, you move during this phase and this phase and this phase, but not these two phases, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but bottom line, um, you, you, you get cars, you get to drive them around and, um, you get to shoot the shit out of each other and they're great little physics models. Like, uh, for example, uh, they figure they do, they do something really wonderful here where the collision rules, like if you look at like naval rules or something like that, when you're playing naval games and it's like, okay, you know, your ship crashes at a 45 degree angle or 90 degree. No, 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 no. Car Wars says, all right, your two cars crash each other. Pick both the cars up off the map, three inches high, drop them down, and wherever they land, that's the way the crash ends <laughs> up. That's, and that's Junior awesome. loves that. He's like, oh, that's so cool. You know, we just get to drop these things down. It's so stupid. You know, um, but um, shit, it's, it's, getting, it's getting a bunch of cars together. It's letting people pre-plot movement to or pre-plot their speeds and then realize, Oh shit, I'm going 60 miles an hour. I'm going too fast for that turn. And this guy's coming around the turn too slow. There's going to be a collision and there's going to be a bunch of gunfire along the way. All right, here we go. And let's roll some dice and see what fucking mayhem ensues. That's, that's really what car wars is at, nice. at, at its core. Cause I, I, I bought it. I bought the, um, it's like a classic edition and, and I got it knowing that it was a simple ish game, but then the rule book's like a novel. So I, I was kind of, I just put it off, but I, I think what it is is I need to treat it like a role playing game, right? Like these are the guidelines for things you can do in this game. Here's kind of the, the fit, like you're saying the physics of the game. Um, but then just put some stuff together and blow shit up. Exactly. There's there's some point where you just have to say this is what happens. You have to be you have to take on a GM mentality. Like for example, uh, when little buddy and I were sitting down and playing the game uh, a couple weeks ago, I shot the hell out of his driver, and so his driver was dead, and his driver was going straight into a department store. 
He's like, well, what happens when my go my guy goes into the department store? I'm like, well, let's see. Which was my shorthand to say, we're just gonna let this thing go, and we'll determine the speed once once you hit that store, and it's gonna be a glancing blow. If there's some cars nearby, hey, it might hit them, it might not. Whatever, it it doesn't matter. Do you sure, play? Sure. Do you play Car Wars to win? Like it's Operation Barbarossa, or do you play Car Wars to point your finger at somebody else and say, <laughs> "You're so funny. You know, yeah, I always, I always love the old uh, truck stop magazines they'd have. Like they had all the add-ons where you could like beef up, like have an eighteen-wheeler and like add stuff onto it, or yeah, and you got pedestrians with RPGs, so you got people on overpasses like launching shots at cars I yeah i know it's very cool oh God. i mean it, so, it gets, so it gets current, where does the franchise stand where, where are we looking okay What's going so on? um this came up in the panic room and uh everybody's been asking or there have been a number of people asking uh what's going on with 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 car wars are they going to do the same treatment that they did with uh ogre a few years ago so, strangely enough, uh, Steve Jackson Games has been really fucking mum on this thing. It was about a year ago, the last time you saw any kind of official press release from Steve Jackson Games about Car Wars. Uh, um, they are working on it, and what they wanted to do, uh, reportedly what they wanted to do, was to get the game to play under a certain number of minutes. And they have not hit that goal so far. So uh, it was supposed to come out last year, like mid last year, and then the end of last year, and then sometime this year. Nothing, 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 nothing. So apparently it's being worked on, but they are keeping it under lock and key as to how far along they really are. That's the last I've heard. But you can still get like uh, I guess it's the fifth edition or something like that. The box is uh, about the size of a uh, like a trade paperback novel. Um, sure, sure. It, might, it might be what you have, Jason. It sounds like uh, it, it sounds like the way you're talking about the rule book. It's like I'm looking at it and going, yeah, it's 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 too overblown for what it is. Um, really, just cut it to the core. Look right, at the basic right. of movement. Look at the basic combat. And just from there, use common sense and have some fucking fun because you don't play this game to win. You play this game to blow up shit and have some fun. And it is coming to AAC, AAC Com. There's no doubt about it. There will be DUI car <laughs> There is no question about that. I like that. Yeah. So I, I, I guess the, the general point is, look, Car Wars and and Ogre are two really great examples of games that are still just as fun as they were when you remembered, uh, just as fun as as you remember them. Uh, it's like going back and looking at Star Blazers and saying, "Yeah, this show still kicks ass." Um, you know, th- there there are so many games that you probably have on the shelf like that right now, and just take them down, play them. Melee still plays great. Car Wars still plays great. Ogre still sp- plays great. There's still great introductions for your kids. The same thing that got you all chuffed up when you were 13 or 14 years old about this hobby 
still work. There's a certain magic that those guys tapped into back then that is still active and live today. Yeah, that's uh, magic is a good good word for it. All right, well, very good. Um, anybody have anything they want to add or? Is that the game you wanted to review, or do you have something else you want to review? No, it's not a review. It's just a reminisce, really. Nope. So, so, Pete, do you have a game that you'd like to review for the podcast? <laughs> Is that a cue? No, I'm just asking. I mean, do you you have one you'd like to uh, review? I don't, I don't have a game to review so much as, like I said, I was just reminiscing about games that I loved so so basically that was your review we just heard your entire review yes you did you, you vamping about games vamping. You like vamping vamping about games that we should not forget jason do you have anything you like to add? no i don't well, well well i don't have anything i'd like to add so why don't we just wrap this sucker up in a nice ribbon let's go wait a minute where's the asl minute nope there's no asl minute um oh. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen this episode. So, so forlorn. It's it's been a few months. And how dare you, Pete, to call us out for not having this? <laughs> Come on, you 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 could you could conjure something up about uh, bypass movement or something real quick. That's right. Hey, Pete, why don't you talk about CX real quick? Like, <laughs> let's talk about CX. No, you see, the whole thing is about you and the voice. No, I know. And, we're not. You know, we're it's, not it's not my thing. It's your thing. It's your we're not, thing. We're not doing it, Pete. So it's gonna be. That's gonna be it for tonight. All right. So well, I'm. I'm thinking that it's gonna have to come back after AACCon because our focus has been so much on uh, AE and and uh, and all that. So we're, we're we'll come back to it. Sounds good. We'll we'll take that into consideration, Pete. <laughs> Which means fuck no, Pete. Good. I like it. All right, boys. Anything else? Anybody have anything else? Or that's it? I'm good. I'm good. Gentlemen. All right. It's a, it's a wrap. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Later. Thanks. Bye. Visit us at http colon slash slash boardgamegeek.com slash build slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com.